0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, here. live from the improv, <laughs> I'm here to do a tight fucking 15 for you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, no, no, no that's a lie, that's a lie in the name of trying to make you laugh, I'm going to do a loose 180, <laughs> <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> welcome kids to Fat Man Beyond, I'm Kevin Smith, I am Mark Bernard. Yay! Oh. Uh, I am in New Jersey above a movie theater.
1: Mm -hmm. I am in uh, Southern California in an office slash, uh, I guess, the the scare floor.
0: Yeah, look at you at Monsters, Inc. Mm -hmm. Um, The uh, Mike Wazowski. (laughs) Hello,
1: Wazowski.
0: My kid was little one monsters Inc. came out my god that was such a big factor in our house Mm -hmm. told this story before but like you know the pixar was like hey will you give us a quote for an oscar ad and i was like yeah as if fucking oscar voters listen to me what am i damien chazelle and so (laughs) uh i gave him some quote and as a thank you they sent me the giant sully and mike that used to be in movie theaters oh fuck three-dimensional made of like thick styrofoam with real fur on it and shit like mm-hmm. that. So I was like, Oh my God, these are astounding. And, um, uh, we unpacked them from these giant crates and put them in Harley's room. And Harley was like uh three at the time. And, uh, you know, I was like, Oh my God, when she fucking walks in a room, she's going to pass the fuck out. And this is like, this is unbelievable kid comes in the room and she's just like wow and then goes and does his zillion other things that's when i realized oh i was like wow because i grew up fucking poor this kid grew up you know with stuff so to her it wasn't like oh my god this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me to her it was just like oh sally and mike are here of course <laughs> well, is, is
1: that is that a like jaded from privilege or just the three year old imagination? Just like, of course, my friends are here. There is no dividing line between imaginary
0: and real. The very next thing she said, Mark, was, uh, "I want a pony now, Daddy now." As
1: <laughs> <laughs> an answer, counselor,
0: she was just, um, you know, she ha- honestly, like, she had big stuffed animals. She, was, she had a big like stuffed. Uh, teddy bear that we called Charlie Quinn that Joe Casada and Nancy Casada uh, gave us before the kid was born it was huge. So she was used to like big things, I guess, in her room. But these things were fucking huge. Honestly, I felt like insanely successful when I saw those crates at my house. I was like, "What?" <laughs> Popped it open. I was like, "I'm, I've done it." Like, it. That was my Oscar moment right there. Brung you by the Oscars. Closest wow. I'll ever get, and and I probably loved them more. <laughs> um, how's everybody doing, kids? Forgot yeah. can't fucking respond. Uh, me and Mark <laughs> coming at you all over your face, neck, and chest and shit. Bamf man probably popping in from time to time as well. Mm-hmm. That's your cue. Bamf. No, he's off. Mike, we we're we're,
2: we're
3: uh, <laughs> flying
0: blind on a rocket cycle there he is how you doing there bamf man
2: i'm okay i uh i'll tell you what's weird my two-year-old daughter is obsessed with nightmare before christmas
3: well that's a good
0: two-year-old daughter has good fucking taste
2: not scared like we're going to bed and oogie boogie is my friend is what she's
0: saying crazy bro take take that kid to hot topic or her head will <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: take it to the bowl take it to the bowl for uh for the, the nightmare before christmas concert
0: and who it, is it this year i read it's like halsey alternating with uh katherine o'hara sadly mm-hmm. there will be no paul rubens uh danny elfman of course He's him and every one of his fucking ten thousand muscles will squeeze into the (laughs) Hollywood bowl. That guy's fucking ripped now, man. Yoked senior citizen. Holy (laughs) shit. And he is a senior citizen. Like he's fucking 70 or
2: something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like, geez, man. The old people today don't look like the old people of my youth. Do
1: you remember when uh, when JK Simmons was working out? To play yeah. Commissioner Gordon and
0: Commissioner like, Gordon and he had fucking guns. <laughs> what are you doing? I was like, that's that, that and Harvey Bullock are two of the only parts don't have to get beefed up, man. And he was <laughs> fucking he too was just like, look at the gun show and shit. Yeah. Gary hey Batman, close there. your eyes, Batman, because the gun show is bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: Gary Oldman's on an all-scone diet. meanwhile, J.K. Simmons is here just fucking shredding.
2: Um you know, just looking back, so that movie's 30 years old, which is insane. But I, I was doing trivia the other night at the bar, and uh, I do a category that I call three actors and a year. And so I'll give three actors in the year, and you have to tell me what movie it is. And I did a movie from 19, 1990 through 1999, um, and I was like, man, the 90s had a lot of great movies, and And the bar giggled at me as if like as if I was being funny or something like the like the 90s movies sucked. So I looked up movies of just 1993. You know how many great movies are turning or at least entertaining movies are turning Jurassic
0: Park.
2: (laughs) Schindler's List, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Demolition Man, Groundhog Day, True Romance, Dazed and Confused, The Sandlot, The Firm, Mask of the Phantasm, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Fugitive, In the Line of Fire, Hocus Pocus, Tombstone, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Carlito's Way, Coneheads, Falling Down, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's like 20 of like every weekend there was a movie that came out that you wanted to see. That's better than like the last decade.
1: And Coneheads that is yeah
0: that is the uh that's all the movies that were playing right before like uh i took clerks to sundance then because then in 94 like clerks we're coming up on 2024 man right now we just passed october 3rd the 30th anniversary of clerks going to the iffm the independent feature film market where we thought like we're dead nobody's gonna see this movie and then that's where the ball started rolling because Bob Hawk saw the flick. Um, So that means January is the 30th anniversary of us going to Sundance with clerks. Um, So right now I've been making films for 30 years, but we're coming up on the 30th anniversary of like the world knowing mm-hmm. and then at the end of the 2024 in October, it's the 30th anniversary of the release of the movie. So naturally, you know, don't, don't think for a second I'm not going to be fucking like 30 years
3: Clarks! You
0: know, like, <laughs> all year long and shit. Um, are you taking are you taking the 4:30 movie to Sundance? I'm hoping, man. I hope I mean I hope that's up to Sundance. Hopefully we get to show it to him in the next week or two cuz I got to cut together. For those that don't follow that closely, I just finished making a movie called The 4:30 Movie. Um I got a a uh, Sag waiver Kids. So we were shooting. And um Hopefully, it's cut. It's all pretty much cut together. Um JC seen it. JC, what do lo- you think? Tell me.
2: I love it. Uh, I've been working on stuff with you since since you finished Red State. I joined up with you when you were touring Red State, and I think this is—I loved Clerks Three, but I think this is my favorite movie we've worked on.
0: Oh man, thank you. And actually, Am I, I did it, JC.
1: What's that? Am I good in
2: it? I don't even remember <laughs> you in it. Uh, but it's funny because, I and I'm not saying that because I'm like, well, my voice is in it like it was Clerks. I wasn't even there. Like, I started on the movie after you were like, hey, I'm done with it here. Uh, <laughs> so, it's, uh, I love it. I'm excited for everybody to
0: see it. I uh, me too, man. It turned out to uh, really, really sweet. It's a very sweet, very, very um, dreamy little picture. Um, JC before like, like referenced the Sandlot, and I was like, not, not wrong.
2: Hmm. It,
0: it's uh, not. Uh, I
2: mean, not like plot uh, wise or anything, right, but right. In terms of like how it makes
0: you feel.
3: nice
0: um but yeah that was uh why did that come up again big I mean, year big year yeah that's 30 right years. 30 years of fuck clerks um 30 years of clerks and this jerk um <laughs> so all year long don't forget kids we're gonna be cramming that in your fucking face <laughs> I'm gonna let you forget. Oh, have... is that a fu- is that a super is that a super chat in the chat? Um, are we back to that sort of thing? Oh no, JC.
2: Oh, that's a That wasn't me. Somebody else turned that
1: on. I didn't do it. I
0: didn't break that lamp. I swear. <laughs> I bet you that's Will Wilkins. Will Wilkins is like, let's dial it up. <laughs>
2: He's like, no sponsor tonight. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: <that's... laughs> let's... Um. The uh, kids, we got a show for you, kind of. Look at this. I got a table that goes up and down. Ready?
1: <laughs> is are taking I'm, the
0: elevator. This do- yeah. I'll be back in a minute. I got to go get to the wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, what are we going to talk about f- with these folks? Let's give them a preview.
1: Um, well, we... Uh... Each of us has now seen two episodes of The Loki Show, season two. The Loki Talk Show. Talk about that. I, I wish
0: it was called The Loki Show.
1: Yes. <laughs> the Loki Show, brought to you by Procter & Gamble and Patriot Brand Cigarettes. Um, There's some New York Comic-Con news um, that will sort of fold into our standard news gathering, la-di-da. Um, there's some, some plugs that I think both of us are going to want to make about events and or products coming down the pike true. Um, and then there's, there's this fucking news, man. News!
0: Um, I am e- back east because we just had the Smodcastle Foam Festival uh, this last weekend. Um, it opened on Thursday night with uh, Sab Rogers chasing, chasing Amy. Then continued through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We did awards and it was absolutely lovely. Second, annual smodcastle castle film festival um and it looks like we'll be doing a third of course uh and then i was going to head home but um there's another thing that i'm doing out here on thursday which is uh, jc can you throw up that uh, link the friends of firefighters gala benefit uh this is the organization um uh, that grew out of uh the September 11th attacks and after the September 11th attacks we had a bunch of first responders and folks who you know were dealing with uh the mental health issues uh and, and physical health issues and whatnot so this organization wonderful organization called Friends of Firefighters um that Buscemi is a, a member of as well Steve Buscemi. um they're doing their fundraising gala on thursday in brooklyn and so i'm the MC. they're also full disclosure giving me some sort of award which is very sweet of them so i'm in town uh for that banff man do you do that i sent that link can you throw that up?
2: i am working on it it uh it's requiring me to log in so i'll I'll have it up in two seconds keep 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 chatting
0: no worries whatsoever um that's what i'm doing on uh Thursday, so that's kept me out here. And then Friday, I'll head back, back west um, hmm. to the land of Los Angeles. How you been? What you have been up to?
1: You know, man, it's been a, it's been a good couple of weeks, I guess, since the last time we did this. Maybe it was last week the last time we did it. Maybe to talk about the first episode of Loki and the finale of Ahsoka. I think we
0: yeah, had to be last week. Yeah,
1: had to be last week. Um, you know, kind of work is beginning to heat up. You know, now that the WJ strike is over, and now that development is starting anew, there's there's the smell of uh, of opportunity is in the air. So I'm fucking out there shaking my ass in the track, like one does. Um, had a comic book announced at New York Comic Con this uh, this past weekend. Um, I uh, JC is so busy logging into Instagram. There it is. Look at you. Uh, I uh, on the heels of the Darth Vader uh short story that I did for their anthology, Darth Vader Black, White, and Red, they asked me if I wanted to write a miniseries about Mace Windu, and I said yes, I do. I don't know I'm gonna I i what I'm gonna make Windu do. But I'll figure that shit out. Um, they would not let me just uh reenact Pulp Fiction with Mace Windu. Uh, they they actually expected some sort of story. They're like, can you keep this kind of in the universe? I was like, okay, but can he say motherfucker a lot? Like, no, yeah. I'm afraid he can't. The false motherfucker, do you wield it? I'm like, no, nope, you can't do that. You can't do that. Look at you, man. That's
0: two Star Wars stories you got to write. I know. It's been fun. It's been For fun. A kid who like, fucking saw Star Wars when, when he was a just a youngster in fucking short pants running around yeah. dreaming. Dreaming about sci fi and shit, geeking out before he found Star Trek. He's like, Me and the little pew, rascals. Pew, 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 bits <laughs> And then one day you get to grow up to fucking do this and get notes from the fucking uh, Lucas from, I'm sure, right? Like, yeah, somebody, man. Somebody make sure that you're not like, you know, and then Mace Windu pulls out a giant cock. They're like, Oh, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Star Wars censor. Does Yoda look like a bitch, Anakin? Then why are you trying to fuck him? <laughs> 1994. Great year for movies. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, ah, so yeah. Well, so Indeed. A- tremendous. Congratulations to you, my friend. Thank
1: you. That comes out in January.
0: Four issues of Mace windu Goodness. goodness. at you, man. Next up, fucking they'll just hand you one of them Star Wars TV series that keep giving out to everybody.
1: <laughs> would you like to do a Star Wars? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can I make this one good though? Um, The flu 1775 in chat says Does Marcellus Wallace look like a Sith? (laughs) That is very funny. I know the puns, they just, which lightsaber is yours? The one that says bad motherfucker on it. Michael Oker in chat says Doesn't Kevin look a little high? I wish. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's tired. (laughs) <laughs> I was drinking some Celsius. That's my new fucking speed right here, man. <laughs> you got one? I got mine. You got a grape? I got grape. Look at that. Grape, babe. It's a free I'm, ad I'm, right there. They're not paying. I poured,
1: I poured mine into a little cup that has ice in it so I can just make it last longer.
0: You pretending you're at a party? I'm going to get you a red fucking solo cup and shit. Some, uh, some, some Celsius Pong.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I haven't been to the movies much lately because, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a dearth at the movie theater, unless you're a Taylor Swift fan,
0: in which case, yeah, now's your time. Yeah. Oh, my good Lord. That was playing here at Smodcastle right downstairs, congruent with the Smodcastle Film Festival. So you had a bunch of Sydney East and a bunch of tween girls um rating theaters at the same time. Yeah. I'm, no, look, I'm no I'm 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 not a Swifty and not by virtue of the fact like, oh I don't like her music. I just I know one song and you know I I like it, but um but I respect what she got going on and she's clearly very talented. She's also a writer. I respect the fuck out of that. But as an exhibitor Mark <laughs> as a movie theater owner, oh let me tell you I like this girl very much. Her Greta Gerwig Fucking Chris Nolan. These are my favorite people. Chris Pratt. Fucking <laughs> both the Mario Brothers. These are my favorite people. This year, when it comes to film exhibition, um, yeah. so, uh, she did a solid by shooting that fucking flick, man. She didn't have to do that. Did you have a like a like a, a plethora of teenage girls dancing in your theater? Yeah, I popped my head in one of the theaters at one point, and oh my god, they shot the fuck out of this movie, man! It, like literally 35 cameras there were so many fucking cuts where it's like bang 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 it's not like four cameras and they're cutting the four different angles there were fucking cameras everywhere (laughs) she looked looked like she was having a real good time up on that stage i'm sure she's counting every fucking billion of her billions of dollars and stuff do you think that Mark says
1: watches like the taylor swift movie and goes like you know what when i shot the last
0: waltz I had three fucking cameras. I know. <laughs> um yeah. It's uh from what I saw when I was standing there uh watching, I also watched a few minutes of Paw Patrol. Cut thoughts. I have notes. Um yeah <laughs> <the>, uh, <laughs> uh, dogs don't act like that, Mark. I've got two dogs. <laughs> they don't fucking act like that. No, not so much that uh but when i sat in for a few minutes on the taylor swift foot because you can do that when you own the movie theater um it it seemed joyous and uh the kids were having a good time that were there to see it you know like little girls when like six seven eight year old girls get up and dance they're just like they stand up and like just dance that's i sat in the theater i was like you can't dance sit down i said
1: <laughs> They're just like the, the wavy things
0: outside of car yeah. dealerships.
3: Yes. <laughs> like, Get rid of them. <laughs>
0: it was lovely, though, um, seeing the kids uh, and, and uh, their parents, of course, just like, Wee. Something we, something to do. do.
1: We. Yeah. We'll be in the back on our phones.
0: You kids yeah. have fun. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, I also watched today. Uh, Jen and I went downstairs and watched Dumb Money, hmm. the movie about the GameStop scandal or not, yeah. scandal, GameStop. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, uh I don't know, starring uh, Pete Davidson, uh, stock, o- stock incident, yeah, uh, with Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, Shailene Woodley, Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good movie, directed by Craig Gillespie. Uh, good flick. Nobody's—they yeah. didn't have a way to market it. Got like great cast, but once again, you know, we're in the midst of a strike still, so they can't be out there talking about it and stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose we can we can deliver a tiny SAG strike update. I am not nearly as informed about the SAG strike as I was the WGA strike because let's finish let's finish WGA off West.
0: the WGA strike. They signed, we all signed, everything done.
1: And we were we all ratified the the contract as presented by ninety nine percent of the members who voted voted to ratify. There were some one percent, ninety people were like, "Fuck this deal and uh, and didn't vote for it. but that's a, a very, very teensy min- minority of the majority. Mm-hmm. And so writers are back to work. Writers' rooms are up and running. Um, there's There's still an open debate where those writers' rooms are. Um, because there are some showrunners who do not want to cross a picket line, and so the offices that used to be on studio lots that are actively picketed by by SAG, like I won't cross that line. Give me a give me we work somewhere. Give me a give me an office in the, in the back of a Staples, but I don't want to cross that line. But if you're working, you're back to work. Um, if you are not working, you're back to looking for work. And so that's the that's the deal. That's where it is. And SAG, I think, is on day. They were in the high 80s of their strike. They, they had been going great guns, I believe, with the studios. Um, they were meeting every other day um, with uh, with the negotiating team, the the negotiations committee on behalf of SAG, and then the, the studio heads. I think they had four or five legit studio heads in the room. Um, and I think that some of it was, the reason they were meeting every other day is because the actors, because SAG had some 30 or so, maybe even 40, points of contention. Like here are are the deal points we want to address. Whereas the writers really only had eight or nine. And so you could digest that information overnight. Where if you've got to go through a phone book of, of asks and counters and, uh, and negotiations that takes time. But as of last week, the studios walked away from the table again, mm. um, you know, for reasons that nobody can ever seem to understand other than they're trying to split the the membership of the union and cause some internal disarray uh it's the same thing they did with the writers it doesn't work um but it's their playbook and so they they keep on running it and much like with the writers when we got to day 148 and made a deal uh that could have been made in three days the actors are beginning to feel the same way which is you know you're going to make a deal you know you're going to have to give a bit and we'll have to give a bit um but this weird political you know Counterintelligence, psyop shit of like, let's let's just walk away. Let's take our game and go home. Is not advantageous for anybody. So um, they are cruising up on a hundred days, um, and I've been walking the line like you know once, maybe twice a week. I'll I'll grab my uh, WGA in support of SAG picket sign, and <clears throat> I'll walk out there. And uh, you know, spirits are still high, but somehow the lines don't feel as deep as I would have expected for a guild the size of SAG. so if they're not out right there
0: does it feel like that's going to close or end soon i know they walked away this week but like maybe that's why people aren't walking the line so much i mean it, it
1: what you'd hope is that it would encourage them to to come out in force you know, it would have the opposite effect. He's like, oh, they walked away, fine, we will show them how strong we are by giving a, a strong show of solidarity on the lines and get out there and, and march. Um, it has to be over soon because what's going to end up happening is the writers are back to work and they're writing the scripts that the actors would shoot. And so the hope is if you're going to save, you know, winter 2024, then you need to start shooting before Thanksgiving of 2023 which means the actors will need to deal. So doesn't feel like you can go on for that much longer if the studios want to save the fiscal year uh, next year. Um, but who knows? They don't seem to be always operating logically.
0: Brazil 201 in chat says, in New York, the lines are massive, but I don't know why LA isn't popping. I
1: don't know either. I mean, and it's not even that it's theater actors, because they can be working. Um, but maybe it's because New York only has a couple of picket locations. They're not quite spread as thin, but, you know, the WGA's membership was some hundred and, I don't know, hundred, 11, 12,000 people and SAG is about 160,000 people. And Ooh. so it feels like
0: that's a lot of people who could be walking who don't seem to be walking. Um, Meanwhile, on the writer's guild side, Everyone's going back to work we've we the thing we were working on before months ago before the <laughs> strike happened, we get to go start resuming discussions about yeah yeah
1: the the world is beginning to at least gently slowly write itself
0: and uh huh, right puns, and so yeah, we're gonna be back at it. Derudi in chat uh was uh, wrote something and then wrote like yeah. Ignore it as usual. Um, so that made me scroll back to see what he's talking about. And he said, or she said, the actors came out for the writers, but as soon as the writers got their deal, they abandoned the actors. Do you do you agree with that, Mark?
1: Um, no, because the actors, when they could work, did work. Um, because they're contractually obligated to do so. Mm. Um, there is a no sympathy strike clause in in both Guild's contracts. Um, you can decide not to cross a picket line, and some actors did. If there was a picket line outside their their set, their location, some actors didn't cross it. Some did, and that's fine, like, as, as to e- each to their own. Um, but as I said, we're not crossing picket lines. We're going back to work, because again, our contract requires us to, um, but we're not going to cross a line and go back to work on the Warner Brothers lot, or on the Disney lot. That's that's what the picket does. Um, so there's the, that that weirdness, the disconnect, I suppose, on what some people saw and did during the Writers Guild strike. You know, there were actors who walked on the lines with us, who were also working. You know, but they walked because they believed in what we were doing, but had to do their jobs because they signed a contract requiring them to do that
0: job. Same with us. In chat, Gwen said WJGA and SAG are in solidarity. No one has abandoned anyone. Correct.
1: We are supporting as much as we can support.
0: Um, shall we dive into the news? Because people are starting to ask questions that are kind of news related. For example, Dwayne Otley is asking, is NBC Universal going to buy Warner Brothers? Is that in the news? Do you have anything about that?
1: Um, it is it is a rumor. Um, It is not a thing that is in motion, but, you know, the the belief had always been that the way David Zaslav has been treating Warner Brothers Discovery has been, you know, trimming the fat for an eventual sale to somebody, um, getting all of their tax burdens in line, you know, shrinking the workforce, minimizing their taxes, all of that stuff, killing movies that maybe people should have seen is all in an effort to To make the company more attractive to a buyer, um, and the theory the theory seems to be is well, who could afford to buy Warner Brothers? And there's but a handful of people who could, and NBC Universal is one of them, um, as is Apple if they wanted to, as is Amazon if they wanted to. Um, um, but there's no there's no current like negotiations in that regard. But you know it. It is not by any stretch out of the realm of possibility that in the next few years, um, even though we have antitrust laws that seem to be maybe guidelines and not laws anymore, that giant companies buying giant companies to form another giant Voltron company is probably not a great idea, Um, but
0: nobody seems to care.
1: (laughs) So I guess that's what's going to happen.
0: George DeWitt in chat says, I can guarantee you that M- NBC would not get the sign-off from the government to buy Warner. It's probably right. Too big, right? I mean, Disney got the sign-off to buy Fox.
1: Yeah, good point. Amazon got the sign-off to buy MGM. Like,
0: no, anything is possible.
2: <laughs> Banff. Hey.
0: hey! man, what up, Banff, man?
2: Can, can I ask... uh As writers, as people who have to work in this industry, does it really worry you guys when it's like, well, I have two employers. It's either NBC Universal or it's Disney or or I guess three or it's Apple. Because if you piss one person off, not that I have any experience pissing off one of those corporations in any way, shape or form, (laughs) but all of a sudden you can't work with any of the other ones. So like, nothing marvel will have anything to do with scum and villainy nothing uh at all so is that i mean is that really what the fear is of just like well you know i do work with hollywood reporter if i fall out with hollywood reporter i also fall out with like deadspin rolling stone billboard uh, variety variety (laughs) You know, it's just like, well, that's it. Like, if you work in entertainment journalism, it's like Entertainment Weekly and Penske Media. Like, is that that just a giant fear? Is that just about controlling the completely controlling the narrative? Charles Foster Kane? is that where we're
1: at i mean it's 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 not good because as a as a person who sells things you want lots of places to be able to sell that thing yeah and if suddenly what used to be eight places buying becomes seven becomes six becomes five that's less opportunities to sell the thing you know like when you used you used to be able to pitch you know disney proper used to be able to pitch fox proper You know, you used to be able to pitch like a Lucasfilm proper or Pixar proper. They were all buyers of things. And then once they all get under the same corporate you know, umbrella, that's less ability for you to find a market for what you're selling. And it's not great. So if it all comes down to ultimately two companies left, then, you know, sure, they'll still make stuff. And sure, some of those executives at Fox Searchlight have a budget to buy stuff, but it's not as if. They didn't have to deal with some giant corporate synergy initiative. They could just fucking go out on a lark, because I believe in this. Let's do that. It's not as easy anymore. So yeah, I'm 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 not gonna say I'm deeply afraid of it the way I am of like spiders, but <laughs> it's not uh, it's not a healthy business environment. Do not have a healthy market.
2: <laughs> spiders, antitrust, <laughs>
1: keeping yeah. me on board. <laughs> like, one of those things is always closer than the other. <laughs>
0: Uh, The chat is full of people wanting to talk about stuff like the A24 pivot. You read about that? No, what's their pivot? They also want to talk about Best Buy announcing they're done with physical media. Uh, Yeah, the A24 pivot to like, we want blockbuster filmmakers. which A24, I guess, is uh, looking for more IP properties. Um, You know, because you know, not every yeah. not every movie is everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, um, if I'm an A24 yeah. executive, I
1: start, like, shopping and sifting through public domain. Like, I start saying, like, what's our version of The Little Mermaid? What's a A24 movie that, that's fucking, we need to poop, which is not public domain? Right. You know, like, rather than... Have, like,
0: instead of shopping for, like, give us You know, fuck. I mean, I, who knows what this is just a report that was in the press that they're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. we're open to, or they've been taking meetings about meeting with, about doing bigger things, looking for bigger properties and whatnot. (laughs) And that's got folks scared online because they're like, no, it was a good, small, perfect thing. I guess in short, Mark Bo is afraid. Uh, and Bo is the internet, and the internet's afraid that the modern-day Miramax, uh, A24, the uh, the most interesting film distribution company currently in the business, uh, mm-hmm. is going to become somehow less interesting. I say no. I don't think that's necessarily going to mean that they're going to stop making all the movies they've made. They're just also trying to get hits so that they can mm-hmm. continue making the weirdness. That's what I hope. I mean, I think they've they've figured
1: out. You know, they they're one of the few um, production companies that has an aesthetic. Like you know, an A twenty four movie when you see it, which it feels a lot like HBO it used to be in the early two thousands. It's not TV; it's HBO, and you knew an yeah. HBO show when you when you watched it. And so, is there a way to scale up what A twenty four means? Like, yeah, there, there absolutely is. In the same way that Miramax would do tiny fucking movies nobody ever heard of. And then a crime game. And then Pulp Fiction. And then, you know, we'll spend some money. And we'll we'll make a thing that nobody else would make. That's all that means? Then, hey, go for it. Be the Blumhouse of Art
0: House. Um, Feels like a decent way to go. Um, And Best Buy, uh, I guess, has announced that they're done with physical media as of uh, first of the year. So Christmas... This is it for like, you know, why I was doing those fucking tremendous steel box. Yes. for various Blu-rays and some old, some new. But they're getting out of physical media, man, which means the price of that shit's going to go up. Don't mean it's going to go away, kids. There'll still be people making stuff. It's just but now can't offset the cost with, you know, like a couple pallets going off to. Mm-hmm. To best buy so probably means a per unit cost of of physical media you know that we will blu-rays and whatnot will probably go up a little bit but it doesn't mean the end of it it's no, never going away it's like records man there's always mm-hmm. gonna be... fuck do you know how many vhs's people bring me now and really? it's fine because now you can also get those authenticated and slab see <laughs> old VHSs that have never been opened that still have like the logo on the fucking wrap like Buena Vista Home Video or MCA Universal or something like that um so yeah they will always be physical media kids but Best Buy dropping out of the game is it's a shame it's a blow it is you
1: know and i think that especially as people begin to realize that there was a convenience and a permanence to physical media that you do not get in a streaming environment, when like, if you had it, you had it. Nobody could take it away, nobody could unlicense it from it from you. Nobody could, could come in your house and decide, you know what? you don't get to watch RoboCop anymore because we've not sold the rights to another streamer, and so it's not on this one, the one you had a subscription to. If it's in your house, you can watch it. Um, and you know, I think the people are beginning to, to remember how uh what it was like to be a collector and that there was some joy to be had in there like fucking criterion had a wicked sale today did you did you see this 50 percent off every criterion disc um for 24 hours Ooh. and i went a little fucking nuts for a dude who doesn't currently have a job and almost spent like 200 buying criterions today so, give me these blu-rays give me these blu-rays um so yeah, it's it's I, I think you're right. I think it'll become like records. I think it'll become a a, a not even bespoke, but way more of a objet based collector's medium. And like, yeah, you might end up spending 50 bucks for a DVD.
0: Um if you want it. Our friend Josh Mundhal on suit in a super chat asked us, Kevin, did you receive the Gil Gerard? Uh Buck Rogers DVD box set. Yeah, he had gifted me that. I did receive that. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It inspired you to create a Ranger Danger comic or an animated series yet to p- pitch to Netflix. Um, no, but there's something in the 430 movie that is in that Buck Rogers realm. Uh, thank you, Josh. You're very, very sweet. Man. It's a $20 super chat right there, my friend. $20 super chat. Ooh, that's that's good for a good dozen Celsiuses. That's true. Me and Mark can <laughs> buy the drink that won't sponsor us. <laughs> nope. To be fair, we didn't ask. <clears throat> hey, speaking of sponsor, or speaking of shit you can buy, if you go to a website called um, what was that website called? Mercantile Instinct. That's Malcolm Ingram's website. You can buy the clerk Blu-ray. Ooh. Movie about my life. Documentary about my life with this awesome little sleeve that goes over it. This O-ring, as they call it in business. Uh go to mercantileinstinct.com right now. Get your copy, of Clerk. Um, what else can we talk about? You got news? Um well, uh, we could get into the Loki of it all and then hit the news, or we could just
1: dive into the news. Well, actually the first news item does dovetail very
0: nicely into Loki. So we can do that. Okay. Let's do it. I watched Uh, episode two. As did I story in progress. Nice to see Evie Evie back. Um, You know, give me a few more episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I caught up with the
1: first episode and watched the second episode and I have no idea what's happening. Really? like, it's been a long time since season one. And so like pruning of, of timelines and sacred timeline and TVA this, and like, it's it's all swimming a little bit over my head. Um, but I also don't care that much because I just very much like watching Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson kind of just banter. Like the two of them together is fun to watch. And so I'll just watch that and like, uh, the story will eventually begin to make sense. And you add Kihu Kwan to that, who's just adorable. Um, you know, like it's 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 perfectly amiable viewing, even though I don't know yet what the story is. Mm. You know, episode one ends with we got to find Sylvie. Okay, why? Because we just have to. We need to know what and and because she things happened at the end of the universe and the man who shall not be named or whatever. Okay, yeah, let's go do that, and we're gonna spend some time in a in an old McDonald's. Yeah, all right, cool. That's also fun. You know. Like I just, I don't get it yet, but maybe I'm not supposed to. Or maybe as the internet is fond of saying, I'm not smart enough to get it.
0: Same, but it's also, it, it speaks volumes about the charm of that cast. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'll take your journey because I like watching these people and I'm yeah. not sure where you guys are going just yet. And I wish you'd get there a lot sooner, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it continues a pace. Um, and still insanely well made and well acted um but you know as we've learned this week or last week uh, marvel is doing something of a retcon when it comes to their tv shows is that the story that That dovetails nice the lead story this week my friend it's everywhere that
1: story man yeah that was broken in the in the hollywood reporter Uh, written by our man, Boris Kitt. Um, Marvel slams the brakes on Daredevil and then discovers how television works. Um, That, uh, yeah, they were making an 18-episode Daredevil show, Daredevil Born Again. Um, They paused production in mid-June during the writer's strike. They had shot about nine episodes of it, of the 18. Um, but apparently it was enough for Marvel executives, including Kevin Feige, to review the footage and come away with a clear-eyed assessment. The show wasn't working. Uh, so in late September of this year, Marvel quietly let go of head writers Chris Ord and Matt Foreman.
0: Uh-oh. There's a thought in chat that I'm like, wow. Hmm. Taylor in chat says, it'll be awesome if Short Round is the new He Who Remains. Okay. Could be, right? Because right now he's like an innocent, adorable, lovable little character, but maybe by the end he's a kang. Could be anyway, a kang. Anyway, back to Daredevil. Um, so yes, the Marvel is on the hunt for new writers
1: to oversee, I suppose, writing a whole new show and using some of what had already been shot. But it's, all of that is increasingly unclear. What exactly is happening um, inside the, the the house of ideas? Um, you know, according to, and you know, THR had some quotes from people on the record, like Brad Winderbaum, who's the head of streaming television animation for Marvel and saying, we're trying to marry the Marvel culture with the traditional television culture. It comes down to how can we tell stories in television and honor what's so great about the source material? Um, I think part of the issue, and it's a thing that is highlighted. There's a new book on stands called MCU: The Reign of Marvel Studios, yeah, um, which is fantastic. Like it's a terrific book. I I, I got a, a look at it about a month ago or so, um, and it's amazing. Like it, they they interview some hundred people, you know, from the very beginning of Marvel when they were set up above a Beverly Hills Mercedes Benz dealership all the way till now. Um, And uh, Joanna Robinson was sort of the lead researcher, and and, I'm sorry, the lead reporter, and Dave Gonzalez was the lead researcher. And one of the things they talk about is the Marvel method of making movies, which is, you know, Kevin Feige would entrust a filmmaker to go off and make the movie that they wanted to make, you know, with lots of input from the the Marvel executives and whatever. They would build time into the production schedule, so they'd come back with a movie, Feige and company would look at it and see what was missing, and then go off and shoot. That stuff that was missing. That's the way they've done everything basically since Iron Man. The problem is that TV doesn't quite work that way. You know, like you actually need to have a, a showrunner, a writer who's in charge, who's keeping the story in their head the entire time, both on set and in post. And it's infinitely harder to operate that way. We're like, oh, all right, so here's ten hours of content. You know, we now need to figure out how to spot weld this together so it makes sense. Two hours is somewhat easier to do. Than 10 hours, 18 hours of of television. And so that seems to be the fundamental, you know, flash of styles, which is television is its own beast. Um, Television has been made a certain way for 50 years. Um, And it works. Not to say that you can't innovate stuff because people are innovating the ways you make television all the time, but, you know, you don't break it unless it's broken. and Lots of people have made fantastic television the way television gets made. And so for Marvel to now kind of come around, it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe we did need, uh, we did need to have showrunners. Maybe we did need to involve them in the entire process. Maybe we did need to have somebody uh, mining the shop at every turn. Um, You know, like Moon Knight, with, uh, with Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. You know, the creator and writer, Jeremy Slater, quit. Uh, director Muhammad Diab took the reins. Um, you know, the, the writer of the show was not there. Jessica Gad developed and wrote She-Hulk Attorney at Law but was sidelined once director Kat Koro came aboard. Um, you know, like, it's just, there's, there's a litany of these kinds of shows, especially Marvel shows, that seems as if there's just a ball being kind of handed over to lots of different people you know, Secret Invasion. Um, Hal Bradstreet, who was a a writer and AP on on Mr. Robot, had been working on the scripts for a year when he was fired after Marvel went a different direction. Then a new guy named Brian Tucker came aboard um, with a new director. And all of these pieces just keep on moving. And it's very hard to make a good television show that way. Um, And so, yeah, like even Marvel is now coming around to saying, it's like, you know what? We might need showrunners. It's a term we've not only grown comfortable with, but also learned to embrace, says Brad Winderbone. Um, we need executives that are dedicated to this medium uh, that are going to focus on streaming and focus on television because they and movies are two different art forms. So we'll see what happens, man. But it's, it's, it's a little rocky over there at the moment. And it, it, I suppose it, it helps that all parties concerned have decided to slow down the uh, production process. You know, Bob Iger, once he returned from the wilderness, it's like, we're doing too much stuff. <laughs> like, you're making movies you might not need to make, and that's way too much television. So let's just kind of...
0: I read some today that said maybe Wonder Man is going away as well. Yeah, that's a
1: rumor that, that Wonder Man, which was like 90% shot um, and stopped during the, the writer strike, might be just a casualty of war. Might be like, you know what? Not going to finish it. You know, Echo, which has been bounced, I think, into next year, um was just going to be like a thanksgiving drop I'm just here you go enjoy the binge it'll be the first it would have been the first time the marvel would have binge the thing and that does not imply an overwhelming amount of confidence hmm. um,
0: um well my heart goes out to everyone that worked on that D- daredevil um you know just like my heart went out to everyone that worked on fucking back girl like could you imagine putting all that time into something and i'm yeah. not saying like good or bad i'm not commenting on the quality but it's just like you put all your time and effort into a thing and then you know somebody's like nah yeah it's not working you know like and apparently that Daredevil show like
1: he wasn't in the suit for the first 4 episodes of the show because they very much wanted it to be like a legal procedural it's like i mean okay but and when i say they i mean it was you know marvel and probably not the writers um that is speculation i'm sure but like how do you
0: not put daredevil
1: in the daredevil suit for four hours of tv
0: well uh, you know netflix the the series didn't put him into the suit until the literal end of the show they had him in a you know fucking sleek black outfit where he put a you know, thing around his eyes, but he didn't get into that suit until the second or couple episodes toward the end, if I remember correctly. Did he get the mask? Right, but he's like in a suit doing Daredevil-y things. Right.
1: You know. I, I, think, I
0: mean, Look, I'm I'm with you. I I, I did not need, especially because they already established the dude as Daredevil in She-Hulk, so it's like mm-hmm. what are you waiting for episodes to get him in a suit for? Yeah, like once you cast
1: Charlie Cox and once you bring Vincent D'Onofrio back and once you know, John Barenthal is back, like, you're, you're Daredevil season three at this point,
0: so just, or four, I don't remember how many they did on Netflix
1: maybe three seasons? I think they did three, three
0: so this would be essentially season four but they're, you know, they're it seemed like, I guess, maybe they were trying to keep costs down because, you know, their Daredevil bounces around and shit, remember? And she <laughs> yeah. jumped off buildings and whatnot Lots like Netflix Daredevil just kicks the shit out of people in a nonstop hallway fight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, like, that was also done under the the the, the Marvel TV, you know, the Jeff Loeb era, you know, yeah. and more to the point, the Ike Perlmutter, like, we're going to be as cheap as fucking possible era. And so they were never going to spend pingity-poingity Daredevil money. It was always going to be gritty and dudes in hallways, um, which worked. It worked. The first season of Daredevil is great. first season of Jessica Jones is great. The first season of uh, Luke Cage is great. The first season of Iron Fist exists. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just feels it feels like there was it was due a change in in the operating style for Marvel TV, and it seems like
0: a change is gonna come. Silas Barr. In chat said, "I promise this is the last time I mentioned that Werewolf by Night color version showing this month. So remember, yeah. Werewolf by Night was black and white. I guess they got a color version of." It. Yeah, I uh, I got a chance to meet Michael Giacchino at a at a birthday party,
1: um, a couple of weeks back, and told him how much I uh, I appreciated Werewolf by Night,
0: and he seemed uh he seemed okay. a a cool cat. Yeah, he did a wonderful job. Uh, all right, what else we got? Yeah, shit's crazy on Aquaman too. Oh my lord. Yeah. I, I mean, my my heart goes out to every fucking fellow DC fan, man. It's just like can't win. Can't, wow. can't get a can't get a bite, man. Flash, Shazam, Blue Beetle. And now are we getting Aquaman by the end of this year or no?
1: Uh, we're supposedly getting it, you know. I think that that Warner Brothers seems bullish on the strike coming to an end, so sort of being able to have Momoa out there flacking it. But yeah, like Variety had this whole bit about the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial documents surfacing surfacing and like all kinds of alleged behavior on the part of Momoa who was apparently allegedly drunk and dressed like Johnny Depp and like he,
0: I, I don't know that he. I mean, I um, fuck. I met him once on a plane. Seemed like a nice guy, but I, I don't think he just dressed like Johnny Depp. I think that's he dresses. I don't think he dressed as Johnny Depp. I think he just kind of dresses like Johnny Depp, layers and shit like that.
1: Right. I mean, that's like it's it's very like he said she said. It's like you know, herds people are like this is the thing that happened that was done intentionally to to dispirit my client, and then Momoa's reps are like. Hey, he's not dressed like Johnny Depp. He's always dressed like a bohemian. Like, he's always been in, like, blowy things and lots of chains and rings and whatever. Yes. You know, it's like he's uh, conducting himself as a professional all times on the set of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Does he like a drink occasionally? Sure. Everybody does. <laughs> but he doesn't show up drunk on set. But, like, it's like we talked about it before that all the reshoots years and years and years of reshoots but like the more that comes out about this thing the more it's like what the fuck
0: you know yeah i don't i don't know i i I saw the one thing that like you know um that i i read in the news that I was like, well, I, I guess I can understand that. Was um they were having test screenings and spoilers, kids. I don't know if they're gonna continue doing this in the movie, but they did this once in the comics, so spoilers for that as well. In the comics many years ago, Black Manta killed Aquaman's son. Hmm. The Aqua Baby. Aqualad. Aqualad. Uh him and him and uh Mira's. Baby, so that's pretty famous comic book storyline, and it sounds like they included a version of that in this new Aquaman movie, where uh, Black uh, Manta kills Aquaman and Mira's baby, and you know, fucking audiences walked out. They were like, <laughs> "Fuck this!" So I can get my head around that if some audience is like, "I don't fucking come to no superhero movie to watch a fucking baby die." But, yeah. uh, you know, the comic book guy in me was like, well, that's what they did in the comics. Uh, so it sounds like that's probably going to go away. It sounds like they've been changing this movie so much. Dude, they had minimum two Batmans in this movie. At yeah. one point, They exactly. had Michael Keaton Batman, and they also had the fucking Ben Affleck Batman.
1: Yeah. I mean, apparently the sequel has endured challenges outside of the Amber Heard saga and was testing in the 60s before being recut in the summer of 2022. Despite the overhaul, the film continued to test in the 60s, prompting another new cut. Uh, This movie is like the echo of regimes, says one Insider. It's the last remnant of the Snyderverse, and no one really wants to take ownership of it. Reshoots took place right up until this year's WGA strike in May. Um, Let's see, in fact, none of the stars cast by Zack Snyder for Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Justice League, including Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller and Momoa will reprise their roles in the new DC Universe in character. Momoa may return, just not as Aquaman. Sources say the actors engage in talks to play Lobo, either in the 2025 reboot Superman Legacy
0: or in a standalone film. That honestly makes absolute sense to me. Yeah. He he looks like Lobo. Yeah. You know,
1: Um, and like if you're going to get a new Superman, you kind of have to get a new everybody else anyway. Like, and if you want a clean start, if you want to, the DC universe begins here, all of that makes sense, you know, but then again, Violet Davis is going to still be Amanda Waller and, uh, John Cena will still be Peacemaker and those things are in
0: camp. Josh Mundhal in chat reminded me to promote the stash reservist list. Thank you, Josh. Mm. You Jane Silent Bob, secret stash. Friends, do you have a comic book store near you? If not, man, why not order your comic books like Mark's Mace, forthcoming Mace Windu comic book from Jane Silent Bob Secret stash. Become a reservist. We'll send comics anywhere in the continental United States. Um, go to janesilentbob.com for more details. Thank you, Josh Mundall, for that. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Lobo. Momoa is perfect for Lobo. Yeah. Um, later on in this variety piece, it says at least two of
1: Amber Heard scenes were cut from Aquaman 2. An action sequence that found Mira fighting Black Manta and a love scene with Momoa, according to individuals familiar with the production. She was probably fighting Black Manta to save her baby. Right. And so if that scene's been cut, which it's like, tonally, does anybody want infanticide in their Aquaman movie? Not after the first movie, which was just candy-colored fish things and underwater
0: fire. I mean, could you imagine the, like <laughs> Aquaman one? Hey, here's an octopus playing drums. Aquaman two is a dead baby floating at the top of this tank. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody fish that out. Somebody get the net and fish it out.
1: Like, I didn't know this was a movie we were gonna
0: <laughs> um, I'm not uh, like, I'm not saying I'm all for baby killing by any stretch of the imagination, Mark. Uh, I know that's a hot take, but I'll say it right here. Uh, baby that baby. being said that would not to make me leave that movie I would not be on my feet and like how dare they I'd be like wow this shit took a fucking turn <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta see what they do next but like of all the cinematic bad guys I believe Black Manta now takes the cake I mean <laughs> at least you know Thanos was like half of everybody I'll never meet him you know just fucking what did he say about it he was like fair or some such shit in part, balance. balance but fuck him when you're just like killing babies fuck man I mean that's that's I could see yeah. why Warner Brothers is like perhaps no
1: although I will also say and, and some of it is always context right I in Battlestar Galactica the miniseries I kept watching it because they killed a baby in the first five minutes of that show when Caprica 6 when Trisha Helper's walking through that outdoor mall and she's like, oh, look at the baby. Oh, they're so small and fragile. And she just sticks her hand and then you hear a p- Like, I'm watching this. I got to see what they do next. Did they kill the
0: fucking baby? I, in forgot. Teaser? I, I forgot about that. That was so fucking crimson. You heard yeah, the like the... Little snap and shit. And at first you were like, what the fuck? But then it's like, well, they're about to drop a bunch of missiles. Right. It's
1: actually mercy.
0: In yeah, its own weird shown, sort a little way. To,
1: shown a little bit of mercy. But like uh, that that intrigued me enough to 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 keep watching a four hour miniseries. But after the again, the the weird like Wonka vision version of Aquaman, you get in in part one to be like, by the way, part two, killing babies now. not just babies, your hero's baby. And like, I get it. It's in the comics, but the Aquaman comics were not quite as frothy uh,
0: as that movie was. Bobby Hill in chat said, Hey, Kev, everyone has been talking about OB being he who remains for weeks, bud. Yeah, I guess, but this was exposed to me here in fucking chat. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's oh, strange what people choose to like, like that stuck in his craw enough where he was like, I got to write a comment about this. Yeah. Like there's Glenn Alexander in chat. It's like, Mark, have you read
1: Dune, the book? Paul's first son gets killed. I'm not saying you can't kill people's sons. Yeah. Like I, I mean, granted, it's awful, but I'm not saying you can't do that in fiction. You can always do that in fiction, but it needs to be part of the story that feels like it's the story you were always telling. And Aquaman does not feel like it's a story that was going to hold infanticide. Um, this, it's, a, it's a turn, and a pretty harsh turn at that for the tone that you got in the first one. I'm all for stories that go fucking dark when they when it feels like a story that's going to go dark. But I don't know. It just I could see like cause the first one played like a kid's movie. And it's that's a that's a that's a serious left turn for a
0: kid's franchise. Yeah. Again. Giant octopus playing drums.
1: <laughs> 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 dum, dum,
0: dum, dum. <laughs> um yeah that movie sounds and how the first one made a billion dollars yeah like an Aquaman movie that made a billion dollars like that's nuts I mean it makes sense in retrospect but like nobody saw that coming Mm -mm. um and the fact that you do that and then like you make another one and, and it has all this trouble getting to the fucking screen man it's crazy yeah I don't I don't understand it But But, a very talented uh, filmmaker, too.
1: Yeah, James Wan. Um, But I think, you know, some of it is also the watchword that James Gunn keeps saying, is if the script's not right, we're not setting a date for it, we're not starting production. All these things tend to go wrong because they have either no script or a bad script, but they're fenced in by production commitments. I guess they had to make an Aquaman movie at some point, and so they made one, and it's bad.
0: Um Craven Knight on, uh, in chat said just watch that Battlestar scene wow <laughs> yeah, it's intense <laughs> I remember
1: talking to uh, to, to Ron Moore because we had him on the Battlestar cast uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times and asked him about that and he was like yeah Sci-Fi did not want to let us do that um, and for a very long time that scene did not have the sound of a baby's neck snapping he was like I think we snuck it in it's like I think we just snuck it in like the last round of post, <laughs> and so I didn't get a chance to bounce it.
0: Um, somebody said that uh, the crow has officially been cast, and it's the guard kid. Yeah, yeah, I think we hit sure. that. Uh, yeah, we hit that a couple like a month ago or so. It's
1: not, it's not new news.
0: I love um, that man. I think he's a good cast. Yeah, I mean, fuck it, I'll go for it. I mean, he's no Brandon Lee, but. Sadly, nobody is. Um, As uh, Aquaman has all this fucking trouble, um, Barbie became Warner Brothers' highest grossing film ever, right? Yeah. Yeah, higher than any Batman. Higher than any uh, Harry Potter.
1: And I don't think they had her signed to a sequel. So that's going to cost them. If she even has anything else
0: she wants to say about Barbie. Tully Quinn in chat said, remember when Hawkeye killed that chicken in the mash finale, he didn't kill the chicken. Remember? I don't. So in the mash finale, there's like, they're trying to be quiet. And, uh, there's, uh, if I remember correctly, I know Hawkeye didn't do it. I think he witnessed it and he talks about it and he breaks down emotionally. Um, A woman who had like a crying baby and if I remember correctly, they're hiding from aggressors in the midst of war. And uh, he tells the story that she was holding a chicken and the chicken was clucking. And so she killed the chicken to keep it quiet. But then later on, spoilers in the episode, Mm. they feel it was not a chicken that she was holding. But... A child. And you know, that was that was in the MASH series finale, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're wrapping this show up. And like fucking a 40 year successful run. And let's leave them with good feelings. They're so like, PS, this happened as well. <laughs> yeah, by the way. Uh yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um T Train said, Kevin, stop reading chat. We're all insane in here. <laughs> oh i'm um, saying over here too kids word them up uh, <laughs> <Indian Mushko's, laughs> mash wow <laughs> yes i know <laughs> why are we we're really deep in, digging far fucking back man people like writer strikes over you guys are talking about fucking the mash series finale one of the most <laughs> watched programs in tv history
1: indeed uh meanwhile uh matthew vaughn uh was at the director matthew vaughn he uh um, the, yeah, the Kingsman man, series, he did, uh, hell, who's that, first uh, class, kick ass, big sure. ass uh, was at New York Comic Con, um, just kind of just spinning wisdom in front of a crowd, and talked about his first experience in the X Men universe and how badly it went. And he talked about how X Men The Last Stand did Holly Berry dirty. Um, he said that uh, he was attached to direct X Men 3. And he said, I went into one of the executives' offices and I saw an X3 script and immediately knew it was a lot fatter. I was like, what the hell is this draft? And the executive went, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, I'm the director. I'm worrying about this draft. The executive wouldn't tell him. So Vaughn grabbed it. He said, and I opened the first page and it said, Africa, storm, kids dying of no water. She creates a thunderstorm and saves all these children. And Vaughn says, what? Thought it was a pretty cool idea. But once he learned what was going to happen to the script, his relationship to the project sour. Vaughn said, what is this? And they said, oh, it's Holly Berry's script. I went, oh, okay," because she's not signed on to do the movie yet. And the executive goes, but this is what she wants it to be. And once she signs up, we'll throw it in the bin, the director said. And Vaughn's like, well, you're going to do that to an Oscar winning actress who plays Storm? I'm out of here. So I quit the movie
0: that's fucked up i i mean you know i I should really close my mouth um i'm acting like that mark that is the single worst thing i've ever but it's pretty fucking tricky tricky dicky it's
1: it's a little skeezy. it's a little like i don't want to play the race card but it's a little fucking racist. <laughs> like I know what Halle Berry wants. She wants to be in Africa and save like hungry, thirsty kids. Um, like, and also that they we're gonna we're gonna commission a script that wouldn't have no intention of shooting just to get her to sign on
0: is uh is some shystery nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good for uh, Matthew Vaughn for spilling the tea, as the kids used to say. Right? As the kids used to say.
1: Now, granted, like Matthew Vaughn, it's good for him for saying, you know what? I won't do that to this actress. That seems really fucked up. And if you guys are going to do that, I don't want to be a part of it. When he did sign on to X-Men First Class, they had a character named Darwin, um, played by Edie Gethe- uh, Getheke. I think is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, but his whole power was, like, I uh, I can adapt to anything. And, uh, and then they kill him. Mike, so the first of these young X-Men you're going to kill is a black guy who can adapt to anything? Really? Really? Come on, guys. <laughs> I just never
0: learn. You never
1: learn. Um, but anyway.
0: um, Hey, while I'm thinking of it, you know, I'm sitting, uh, this brick wall behind me, kids, uh, I'm at the world famous improv in the 80s. Um, <laughs> You're watching USA Network, and I'm about to do I'm, all night. <laughs> I'm about to do a set. Yeah, it's Friday night at 1 a.m.
1: HBO's <laughs> Young Comedy.
0: Rodney Dangerfield will be along very shortly. Catch a rising star, kids. Right here, catch a rising star in the evening. Um, I am at uh, Smodcastle uh, Cinemas here in Atlantic Islands, New Jersey. Smodcastle is right below me. And in Smodcastle, right below me, on November 3rd, we got two great filmmakers coming coming to Smodcastle. I'm going to interview them. And who are they? Who are they? Why, it's the Russo brothers, Mark. That's right. Joe and Anthony Russo are coming here, man, for a nice chit-chat about mm-hmm. their, their lives and careers and magical movies that they've made tickets On sale right now at SmodcastleCinemas.com. Go scap up your tickets, man. It's going to be a hell of a night chit-chatting with the Russo brothers, man. Think about it. Very nice. Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. Civil War, Mm -hmm. Infinity War, Mm -hmm. all the wars. No, Endgame, probably Secret War. Ooh. Lots to talk about. With the Rooster Brothers, really good guys, man. The
1: Gray uh, Man,
0: yes, yeah, and as well as all the shit they've been doing on mm. you know fucking Netflix with their extractions. Uh, App, what's their company called? Abka, Ab- a- Agbo. Agbo. Um, really nice dudes who I've spoken to a few times over the years. I, I fucking love those two Avengers movies. I, I make no apologies for that shit. I mean, sit, Agbo, sit. Not really a hot take. I'm like, I like both those fucking Avengers movies. <laughs> People like, everybody likes those yeah, fucking The movies. biggest movies of all time. Yeah, yeah like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you sure you want to say that? I'm like, oh yeah, I'll say it right here now.
1: On yeah. Beyonce's internet, you're going to say that? No. Hey, Ge- Banff, man,
0: what's up?
2: If we were in the MCU, you know what today is. Today is the day that Tony Stark saved half of us.
0: So is that right? So all of Avengers Endgame took place in 2023? I guess because of the five-year jump?
2: Yeah, that's what that's what everybody on the internet was saying. October 17, 2023 is Tony Stark Day.
0: This is the day that he fucking pulls all the gems off of Thanos' fist and fucking dies for all of us. God damn it, he took such a fucking punch, man. Like right before, I mean, I know it's all fictional and shit. <laughs> Thanos isn't even real. But, uh, he fucking, you know, when he, when he goes for those gems that like last time before Thanos, you know, when he's like, I am inevitable and he goes to snatch, watch that fucking, watch how hard Thanos fucking punches that fucking guy. Yep. Again, I know we're talking about like, it was a fight, a boxing match, but <laughs> none, none of the shit's real, but it's, it's fucking nuts, man. Like two, some of my favorite moments in both of those movies involve people fighting fucking Thanos. Um, You know, naturally, of course, the fucking, you know, Captain America picking up Molinear is magical and shit, but also fucking Captain Cap Marvel fighting mm-hmm. Thanos, where he headbutts her and she don't yeah. even fucking headbutts him right back. <laughs> is, yeah. Oh, God. It was so awesome. Um You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. Oh, fucking that's another magical moment. You took Everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> you will. And she almost fucking killed him, man. Yeah, she's she the one he's afraid of. didn't me. fucking rain fire. That was it. She was she fucking took all his clothes off and shit. She raised him in the air and took his clothes off. She was like, Look at his little dick. She was gonna shame <laughs> him first. Everyone looking up in the air and seeing that purple little set of nuts hanging out. And, and then she was gonna fucking crush him and shit. If I was her with all that magic power, if I'm the Scarlet Witch, like I'm like a few minutes away from becoming the Scarlet Witch and I still have all that power and I hate that fucking vision killing piece of shit, I would have fucking raised him up in the air, ripped off his clothes like she did, then ripped off his dick, magically shoved it in his mouth before he had a chance to rain fire. (laughs) That's what I'm going to talk to the Russo brothers about, Mark, when they come to this podcast. November 3rd. Do you
1: think that Thanos knows what a
0: Colombian necktie is? <laughs> here's where you guys fucked up, okay? <laughs> I've been waiting to say it for years. Scarlet Witch should have ripped Thanos' dick off, shoved it in his mouth.
1: <laughs> First, let me tell you about Columbia, Thanos.
0: And here's what they would do all the time. They're like, wasn't it enough that Thor cut his head off? I'm like, no. No. Easy. He killed Gamora. Cut his dick off and shove it in his mouth. <laughs> um, All right. Um, moving
1: on. Yes. Guillermo del Toro um, revealed that he was, wanted to make a Star Wars movie about Jabba the Hutt.
0: Yeah, I read that. That
1: would have been yeah. fun. Uh, you know, not that long ago in this galaxy, Guillermo del Toro hooked to make a Star Wars movie. Um, But he wanted to tell about the franchise, the notorious crime lord, Jabba the Hutt. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, apparently, you know, he wanted to do the rise and fall of Jabba. And his team designed a great world full of great stuff that Del Toro was very happy with. But it never went into development, ultimately because it's not my property, it's not my money, and it's one of those 30 screenplays that just goes away. Basically, Lucasfilm didn't like it enough to put it into production. Which, you know, listen, I get. Like, as much as there's a version of, of, you know, if you give me an episode of a TV show that is just the Jabba story, sure. To spend $100 million on a feature film about Jabba the Hutt, mm, not every character needs to be the hero
0: that we all get to see. I'd have been there. I'd have gone for that one. But I'm with you. I would have much rather watched the series, though. Matthew Herger Hegardy in chat says, technically, they killed the Thanos who hadn't done all the things they blamed him for yet. Well, technically, they killed both Thanos. They yes. killed the Thanos that fucking snapped everyone out of existence. And then they killed another Thanos who, to be fair, was not innocent. Yeah, he did a lot of awful shit already. Yeah, he just hadn't done the snap yet, but was trying to, as we saw at <laughs> the fucking very end and shit. Again, I know this loops back, but God, remember how hard he punched Tony fucking Stark? Just go back and watch that. Never mind watching fucking you know, Six kill a baby in Battlestar Galactica. Go back and watch Thanos punch fucking Tony Stark, man. How he lives <laughs> through that hit, I'll never know. Probably because they're both fictional. But you know the physics of that punch. Yeah. It's fake physics at best. I can't believe we got away with talking about a Gamma the Toro fucking jobish series without Banffman jumping in. I know. Seriously. What what do you think, Banffman?
2: Banff The way go. I yeah. would have done it is like uh four rooms where your Jabba is the anchor point and you use different aliens in his court and you tell their stories about why they're in the court like the old school book tales from Jabba's palace i think that could be very compelling that's how i end up lucasfilm will never hire me for anything but that's how i do
1: it um, yeah. <laughs> Same or, or you get
2: <laughs> they just you did. You're doing a comic book.
1: Well, Marvel hired <laughs> me. Lucasfilm. Just didn't bounce me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, in chat, Big T thirteen seventy seven said, "Tony Stark built this in a cave with scraps." <laughs>
1: there's a there's a great anecdote in the uh, in the MCU book about how dismayed Jeff Bridges was on the set of Iron Man because like he thought there was a script when he showed up to go to work. He was like almost every day was Favreau and Downey huddled in a trailer for like five hours inventing that day's work. And Jeff Bridges is just like playing games with the crew on set. And he's like, how do you make a movie like this? What is happening? <laughs>
0: it's always been like that at Marvel.
1: From the jump, where it's like, we like Downey just wouldn't like what they were shooting that day. So he and Favreau would just figure it out as they went. And there's a great anecdote where at one point, Favreau was like, You know what? I think we're going to kill all this cave stuff at the beginning of the movie. And the production designer was like, John, we built the cave. We're shooting the cave. It's like, Oh, all right. We built the cave. So I guess we'll shoot that stuff. And that's the heart of the movie. Yeah. Him and Yemsen and, and, and like, learning morality and all of that stuff was going to go until somebody just literally was like, we've already spent millions of dollars building this cave. We're shooting the cave. Okay. You re- yeah. Did you read that book? I did. I oh, did. Right? Uh-huh.
0: How fast to read was it?
1: Um, it was an incredibly fast to read because I'm deeply interested in subject matter. And a lot of it was, you know, I have been... Also, a careful observer of Marvel, uh, low these past fifteen years, sometimes as a journalist, sometimes as a watcher, and like th- there was the stuff that I thought I knew pretty well, the stuff that I kind of like thought I understood, but almost every chapter, there's a thing that I just didn't know, that like was previously hitherto withheld from prying eyes. Um, it's it's an extraordinary piece of work. Um, so yeah, yeah, I highly recommend it.
0: Um, I got to tell you, man, it could be what Marvel, you know, everyone's like, Marvel, Marvel's this, Marvel's that. Could be what Marvel's been missing is just Robert Downey Jr. Sounds like he did a lot of free writing. (laughs) Get that guy back in a writer's room. It'll only cost you $50 million. More than that. How much did you say? One five or five oh? Five oh. Yeah, you're right about that. That's for sure. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, if they want him back, it's probably going to be 100. And they'd be crazy not to pay it at this point.
1: I mean, you know, there are all the rumors of what Secret Wars is, you know, either it's some version from the comic book that we know, whatever it is, but it's an opportunity for them to dip back into that fucking well and just give us the things that they've not been giving us for the last, you know, Five years or so. And like, would they spend a $100 million to get Robert Downey Jr. back for one movie, for three scenes in one movie? Yeah. Yeah, they will. Will Chris Evans decide, like, hey, you know what? I want to take one more swing with this shoe. Like, you know what? Fine. What do you want? What do you want? You know, and then that also lets them recast things in continuity. That also lets you recast, you know, hey, we want a different Thor now. Hey, we, we want a different Tony Stark now. We still want him to be in the movies, but now as he's being played by, I don't know, whomever. Pick a dude.
0: M. Molina, 2121 in chat says, if the MCU doesn't move into X-Men and Fantastic Four soon, no one will care. Um, He's, I mean, I'm not saying he's right, 100%, but they they really should fucking start playing their X-Men cards and their Fantastic Four cards. You know, I mean all I think I Fantastic reading, Four, all I keep reading about is like they're gonna reboot in Secret Wars, but it's like, yeah, well that's fucking that's years right. from now. I mean, you're gonna staunch the bleeding before then. I mean, our our our
1: friend of the show, Matt Shackman, is directing Fantastic Four. And according to him, they've already cast it. Like it's not even a matter of, you know, we're not sure. It's like no, we know who the cast is. They're not announcing it while the actors are still on strike, but they know who it is. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah. Um, as for X Men, like it's the one thing they actually have to get perfect. Um, it's the thing that everybody wants and has always wanted, um, and so like take your time. Absolutely, take your time. Like, do not rush it. Um, which you know, if if it was my money, and I know it's not, and I know how hard a thing it is to do, but I feel like they should have just taken a break after Endgame. Like, Endgame is the end of that story. And the minute we come off of Endgame with other movies, with other characters, it's like, no, this is not actually what we want. (laughs) We actually want it to stop. We want it to feel like an ending because that's the ending. Um, And then give it a couple of years of not having fucking superheroes in our faces and then come back strong, whether that strong is Fantastic Four, whether that strong is x-men whether that's strong as deadpool 3 which then leads you into the x-men i don't know but you know i liked shang chi just fine i didn't really care that much about doctor strange 2 the eternals was whatever um nothing that has come out since has been like amazing other than the sony stuff other than the spider-man stuff and like. like hey again we're just we're just armchair detectiveing. We're just armchair studio-running. It's all True. dreamy.
0: Uh, what else we got in the news side? Uh... Uh, we got uh, a couple stories out of New
1: York Comic-Con. Um, first off, Tom Hardy is getting into comic books with Scott Snyder. Um, and the two of them are teaming up for a, a book called Arcbound with <clears throat> Hardy as the creative collaborator is the title that he's taking on it. Uh, Scott Snyder is writing it, along with Frank Thierry, um, longtime Marvel head. The 12-issue series takes place in a future where Earth is a barren wasteland. Uh, The formal corporatocracy uh, harnesses the unmatched energy of Cronium to assert its dominion across the stars. And the arcbound series chronicles the journey of Kai, a resolute mediator captain tasked with the maintaining of blah, 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 blah. All of that stuff is without context is just kind of wordy word stuff. But I like Scott Snyder quite a bit. I think Tom Hardy's a smart dude. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, Also out of New York Comic Con, um, a new comic book production company called Ghost Machine was announced. Ghost Machine comes from Jeff Johns, um, Brad Meltzer, um, Lamont McGee, uh, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, um Francis Manipool, Peter J. Tomasi. Like it's something of an all-star collaboration between writers and artists, all of which um, will connect into this vast universe. Books are coming out through Image, Ghost Machine is a production company that will already set up these things um, in 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 other media. I mean, Jeff Johns, it's hard to bet against that dude in comics. And
0: it's got Brad Meltzer as well.
1: And Brad Meltzer is super smart. I love Brad Meltzer's work. Yeah, Um, Lamont McGee is the secret weapon. He was on um, Black Lightning for the entire run. He did the Star Wars Jedi adventures. Um, Super deep nerd. I'll see what they're up to.
0: Heavens yes. Heavens yes. Yeah.
1: Um, And then finally, um, you know, it's been a couple of weeks now, but Keith
0: Giffen. Yes.
1: Passed away. Late uh, great
0: Keith Giffen. Speaking of Lobo, responsible for one of the most fun comic book runs in uh, history. They did the Justice League, the fun Justice League, mm-hmm. Justice League America, Justice League. Well, Justice League it was called, and then they did Justice League Europe, Justice League JLI, Justice League International. Um, created the you know uh, Blue Beetle. The Jaime Reyes booster version, gold, well, no, the, the Blue Beetle booster gold team ups in the old <laughs> Justice League, you know, Batman punching Guy Gardner, fucking knocking him out one punch. John Jones, one punch. And, uh, Oreos later on becoming Chacos and stuff. Um, yeah, he wrote some amazing, amazing stories. How old was he? He was seventy years old. Um.
1: Did and he like,
0: co create Rocket Raccoon.
1: Yeah, create a Rocket Raccoon again, the Jaime Reyes version of Beetle. He created with, with John Rogers and Raphael Albuquerque um, and Cully Hamner. Um, yeah, his uh, the the announcement of his passing was as I understand it, I've never met Keith, um, but was perfectly in character. Where uh, on Facebook Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday he passed. There was a post pre-written by Giffen, who knew he was passing, said, quote, I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks.
0: ha. -ha -ha -ha." Oh, he used ha. -ha -ha. He did. He did that Um, all the time in the Justice League comics. Yeah. a, A stroke is being attributed as a cause of death. What a talented guy! Wrote some beautiful stories and and uh, wasted my some of my time in such in the sweetest way. Thank you, thank you, uh, man of words, for wasting my time in the best way possible. Indeed, what a legend! He'll be missed, man. Very much so. Thank, but you know what? Glad he was here because that incarnation of the Justice League, one of my favorites. I loved reading that those stories issue after issue um that's the news know. mark uh, uh walrus onion in chat says mark goddard who played major west on lost in space he passed mm. as did phyllis coates the 1950s lois the first live action lois lane no oh. she also passed sad mm. as did piper Laurie, passed Piper Laurie passed as well.
1: They're all going to laugh at you.
0: Carrie's <laughs> uh, mom, also Twin Peaks, also The Hustler. Mm-hmm. What an amazing actress she was. Uh, 91, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Such amazing life. And, of course, Suzanne Somers passed away just this weekend, sadly. Um, you a long know, battle with breast cancer. Yeah, that was the thing. I didn't realize that was the case because I was like, What? She looked so young, even though she was like 77 or 78, she still looked incredibly young. But, uh, yeah, apparently, a bat- long battle with breast cancer since like the year 2000, 20, yeah. 22, 23 year battle. She's married to her husband for like 55 years, man. Mm-hmm. She was as famous as it got when we were kids. Yeah, man.
1: I mean, Three's Company, it's hard to imagine today how big a show Three's Company was.
0: It was like Friends, bro. Yeah. In terms of how fucking huge and popular it was, it got a lot of seasons out of it. Yeah. Like, and it's even like that, that
1: show was huge at a time when every show was huge. You know, it's hard to imagine what those numbers were, but there were only three fucking channels and everybody watching TV was watching one of three shows at any given time. So, even the 20th show in the top 20 was getting 14, 15 million people watching it. And Three's Company was the number
0: one show. Um, she was, uh, George DeWitt pointed out, Suzanne Summers was 76 one day from being 77. She got her mm. for her birthday. Victor Van diagram said, did we discuss Arlene Sorkin in another episode? Um, I don't know if we ever did get to. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Irene Sorkin passed a couple months back. Of course, the uh, voice, the original voice of Harley Quinn, who I interviewed on Fat Man on Batman years ago. Mm. Uh, Lovely woman, and uh, you know, is largely responsible for Harley Quinn even being created in the first place. Paul Dini will tell you. Very true. Uh, So yes, we lost her as well. Um, yeah, man. Oh, somebody said in chat as a 90s kid, uh, F. Kuzma said, As a 90s kid, she will always be Carol Foster to me. That was from what, Step by Step? Mm, yeah, so, I didn't Ma'am. watch Step by Step. Hey, no. as, a,
2: as a George Lucas kid, she'll be the blonde and the white T Bird in American Graffiti.
0: That's right. Before <laughs> she was on, long before she was on, uh, Three's Company, man, she was. The girl in the, in the what is it, White T-Bird or something? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, man. God, she worked with George Lucas. All those 70s people knew each other. They were all fucking. Uh, Jim Tomlin pointed out, we missed another one. Uh, Michael Gambone from Harry Potter. He passed away a, few, a month ago or while we were off making the movie. Mm. That's true. Yeah, man. Why do all these people have to go? Don't go. Time waits for no old person. DJ said, and the master." That's right. We didn't fucking that was, was a huge chunk of her fucking career at one point. Was, Thank you, Thigh Master. Red Comet said rip to uh, rest in peace to the best Dumbledore. Um, Michael Gambone. Um
3: I feel like we all talked right.
1: about that. Because I remember, um, what's his face? Sean Harris, Richard Harris's son, went on the record saying that, like, you know, my if anybody could have picked up for my father, like, my father always loved Michael Gambon's work. Um, Richard Harris being the, the actor who originated the role on screen of Dumbledore. He was like, he always loved his work. So we were all very happy that
0: he was the man chosen to don the, the silly hat. Um, that all the news? That's all the news, my friend. There you go, kids. That's all that's going on in this business of show. Um, let's see. Uh Stanley and chat says, any live shows coming? Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> no me idea me when. And yes. Mark talking about. uh Well, I mean, we'll probably be doing one in, at uh, the Scum and Villainy Cantina coming up in the next month. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about coming out to to Smodcastle in November and doing a thing. We're figuring out dates. Yeah. Uh, Meantime, of course, uh, as previously mentioned, the Russo brothers are coming to Smodcastle on November 3rd. November 11th is the Zach and Mary 15th anniversary. Mm -hmm. 15 years of Zach and Mary at smodcastlecinemas.com for tickets. And then uh, December 2nd, we have Smoktion, which is just a whole... Auction. You know we do those auctions of props and costumes and and sign lithographs and shit like that before big shows. Well, this is the whole show, just in time for Christmas. Um, I gotta go get a charger because my my laptop is dying, so so vamp, will yeah,
1: vamp, you? come
0: on in here and bam, and vamp vamp with Mark, and uh, let's figure out what our questions are gonna be indeed ask
1: us these questions
2: three um somebody in chat said american graffiti was not filmed in modesto we'll do trivia i host trivia on wednesday nights i'll be hosting trivia tomorrow night uh do you know where american graffiti was filmed because modesto was too modern here's also something crazy american graffiti was filmed in like 1973 74 about 1962 if we made american (laughs) graffiti today it would be about the year 2010 can you imagine how much of the world changed between 62 to 75 that you can make a nostalgia film that was only 10 years old (laughs) crazy yeah
1: like what's what's the nostalgia that anybody has for like 2002. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think I have any.
2: What do I miss about 2010? Uh, being in my 20s. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have nostalgia for my knees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when my back didn't hurt just trying to stand up? <laughs> Yo, that was lovely. Remember when I could eat whatever I wanted to?
2: Oh my god, that's yeah. Yeah, my metabolism is <laughs> what I would make my nostalgia about.
1: I
0: know. I'm powered up, kids. You're fired up. Powered up, man. Um, all right, let's do hey. it. Uh, we'll,
2: we'll start with this one <laughs> because we had two people ask the same question. Uh both Robert Mills and Laura D wanted to know uh what was our favorite trick-or-treat costumes growing up?
1: Hmm. Well, one thing i think you have to remember about the life that one led in the 1970s is that by and large halloween costumes were just fucking hefty trash bags with appliques of muscles on them um the technology costume technology was not advanced in the 70s um it was it was either paper or plastic um i almost never got like a custom-made costume my mom was not that lady who was sitting down with fucking sewing machine patterns to figure out how to make me into oba fett or whatever it didn't happen um but i think my favorite was probably batman only because i had a cape um and capes with a shit, even though that cape was made of plastic um, and snagged on everything um i'm gonna say batman
0: what was the question again
2: Our uh growing up kids Oh, growing up, your favorite trick or treat costume?
0: I mean, I remember like a lot of like kids were bums. Remember like you'd burn a cork and you'd put like a fucking like five o'clock shadow on you and you wore Mm -hmm. ratty clothes and you carried a bindle stiff. Um (laughs) i remember i just remember that a lot like um my favorite outfit i think we ever did was me and bellicose mike bellicose made ghostbuster um outfits and mm-hmm. our own proton packs and they the outfits were so fucking good that bellicose's brother older brother timmy and uh, his friend, one of his friends, borrowed them for like Henry Hudson Senior dress-up day and shit. They're pretty good outfits. The more I think about it, like me and Bells did a really nice job. Um, but I like I like those outfits. it was probably the best Halloween costume I've ever had in my life. I was Venkman. Nice.
2: I uh, I dressed as Voltron. When I was like six, and that was pretty cool. You and
0: a couple friends, or just you by yourself?
2: I just me by myself. It was me and my brother. My brother is a pirate, I think. Not like just <laughs> generic pirate, and I was Voltron, uh, Lion Voltron, not vehicle Voltron. Um, although, well, yeah, my favorite Halloween costume of all time may be. Uh, two years ago, we dressed my daughter up as the stay puff marshmallow man when she was like 11 months old and i went oh. as a ghostbuster and that was pretty oh, cool
0: that's dope but i had like the I mean, money
2: so i bought the big proton i i went full out for it you know
0: <laughs> you didn't make yours out of a cardboard box
2: no i was 40 years old when i went so <laughs> i did I, hit I mean, shouldn't it
1: technically heart. have gone the other way? Shouldn't she have been a Ghostbuster and you were the Stay puff Marshmallow Man? Tr-
2: yes. Although yeah. she has like the chubby <laughs> Size-wise, yes. that would have made
0: a lot of sense. <laughs> but chubby baby-wise, I could see. Oh, that. Yeah,
1: It's Michelin Man, that kid.
0: Um, um, all right.
2: Yeah. Let's see. Uh, keeping with the Halloween theme. Uh, what's the movie that scared you the most as a kid? And what's the movie that scares you the most as an adult? That's from Shelby fielding. Mm. Say again, scariest uh, movie you saw when you were a kid, scariest movie you saw as an adult.
0: Scariest movie I saw when I was a kid. Um, When I was a little kid, it was, um, was it Don't Be Afraid of the Dark? With little creatures that lived in the baseboard. Hmm. Who were like always whispering. They would whisper. And like they fucking, the lady shrinks down and is captive with them for all eternity at the end of the flick. It was a TV movie. Oh damn. Um, but, uh, the shining erased that for me, uh, as a kid, the two twin girls in the shining still unnerved me to this day. Um, and as an adult, I mean, nothing that scares me, but one of the most unnerving scenes I remember from like a quasi horror movie. Um, There's a movie with Jeff Goldblum called Mr. Frost, where Mm -hmm. he plays the devil, essentially. He's a guy in an insane asylum with Kathy Baker, I think her name is. And uh, he is uh, like, he maintains he's the devil. And she's like, yeah, right. And then over the course of the movie, he kind of proves that he is. Uh, but there's a. at one point she's watching a video um, of, I guess, either child abuse or a child killing. And God, this is horrible. This is the second time this has come up in the fucking show today. Uh, but uh, it, it's her face, Kathy Baker's face while she's watching this thing. You don't see the thing. You just see her turn the TV on it goes from static to this image and then cuts to her face and she's watching and you just hear this kid very like lightly crying and instantly she fucking like like she she plays it so i'm I'm doing it i'm not doing it justice the horror in her face like told the story way better than any grisly image would have and she shuddered and started crying and stuff That always stays with me because it's like you never saw what they saw. You know, when we were kids, we had faces of death and shit like that. And the older you got, the more you realize, oh, they made up a lot of that shit. It wasn't. (laughs) And this was made up, too. But my God, it just fucking it chills me the fuck out.
1: There. Um, The Exorcist was the scariest movie that I saw as a kid. Um, I remember seeing it. It must have been like 12 or 13 and held such disdain for it, I was like, "It's fucking. This movie was made the same year I was born. How scary could it be?" And then I watched it, and you know, it's it's the kind of horror that that I remembered. I remember loving, in the way that one loves horror, in that it was almost entirely cerebral. It was never the, the gore. That got me it was never the, the the viscera that got me. It was always the the intellectual of it. The like just thinking about the the what possession is and what possession means, and that idea of you are not in control of your own body. You're not even a passenger anymore. Um, I just remember it frightening the shit out of me. Um, like I was hiding behind a couch, building like a pillow fort to keep the movie further away from me, because um, I was an adorable kid. <laughs> 1983. Um, today, you know, like I, I am not a horror movie person. I've, I've, I've uh, exclaimed that to the, to the, to the highest that I just, I don't, I do not enjoy um, jump scares. I do not enjoy the, that that feeling. Um, so like, the Money Pit. Is a movie that scares me today. The idea is like, oh shit, real estate horror. Like I bought a house that I thought was going to be great, and I end up sinking a fortune and losing sanity into it. Yeah, that's scary <laughs> to me. You know, like, you know, falling down is a movie that's scary to me. There, there are documentaries that are scary of like, oh yeah, no, this is the world. You guys, <laughs> by the way, we are barely hanging on. Um, but but yeah because i'm not a hard person it's not it that that is not a that is not an itch that i try to scratch mm. um the world can be scary enough
2: yeah victor venn diagram said wall street where the bad guy becomes the hero <laughs> to an entire generation of people
1: yeah like fight club is scary you know like i remember seeing that movie like three years ago Um, for the first time since it was in theaters. I'm like, oh, shit, no, this is just how terrorists get made. Oh, this is just, this is just like unchecked, you know, aimless rage. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. This is awful.
2: The Joker. The Joker (laughs) for me. I watched that, like, during the pandemic, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this just feels irresponsible. (laughs)
0: Um, film (laughs) ramblings with hero 004 said Kevin Tony had made contact with the gauntlet and taken the stones by the time Thanos punched him he was using the power of one of the stones to take the power of the punch you buy that Uh, I don't buy Tony Stark knowing
1: how to modulate and employ the use of individual stones the minute he gets it granted he's a very smart guy but i don't I don't I don't quite buy that. I think he just took a fucking shot to the chops. Um, and the suit has some impact resistance and shock absorbing natures and all that shit. It is a suit of armor after all, but still still um, you know what's fucking scary? Funny games. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, the,
0: fuck, you're absolutely right. It is. That is a terrifying and unnerving movie. Both versions. Yeah both
1: of them Michael Haneke, both.
0: And, and the remake are fucking terrifying um how those kids like address the camera uh, how they are just with the family but then when they address the camera it gets even more good good call that is a fucking unnerving movie
1: you know because it is just like we're going to do violence because we want to do violence and nobody asked for it nobody fucking walked into it like nobody did anything wrong it is just chaos arriving in your house and you can't do anything about it that shit is frightening
2: i uh, uh i was yeah. terrified as a kid nightmares terrified of labyrinth i think i watched it too mm. young and just the goblin puppets just absolutely scared me and it was like <laughs> I, I probably saw it when it came out on video, so 86 or 87. So maybe I was five or six years old and it was like real, like the goblin could come and actually take you. Um, and I had a baby sister. It was, yeah, labyrinth. And then uh, I went, I made the mistake of going to the movie theater to see Event Horizon when that came out. Oh, yeah.
0: shit! That fucking scene of madness. That's, a, oh, wow. Yeah, that was crazy. a
2: mistake. Because uh, I thought it was a sci-fi movie. I do not like horror movies at all, um, <laughs> like Mark. And they gotcha. And uh, yeah, I was like, wait. Yeah, at about forty-five minutes into that movie, I was like, oh, this is a bad idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, there are movies that I, you know, I've never seen. It follows, um, but I like the idea is frightening. Like you know what? Good enough. I get it. Fine. Uh, I, I will grant you, that that's probably scary. Uh, uh, what else you know we... who I saw on the picket line? Who? Leslie Ann Warren. From Clue. Clue. Miss Scarlet. And I was like, I loved you in Clue. And she was walking, in, you know, she's she a woman of a certain age. But uh, I was like, I was at my friend's movie theater and we programmed it and an audience of like 200 people laughed their asses off. She was like, oh. Bless
0: your heart. <laughs> Thank oh, you.
2: That rocks. Um. Uh, all right. Last question.
0: Here we go, kids. Last question of the evening, man.
2: This is from uh, Ear Mixing, wants to oh, know hold
0: on. JML Midnight in chat. Uh, no, JML in chat says midnight showing of the Blair Witch the week at open. Remember, yeah. remember that fucking end of the movie where Mike is facing the wall and she's just Heather's just screaming and shit. Oh my god. I was in sun, I started in Sundance.
1: You were there. I was there for that for that year, and like the mixture of no idea what it was, plus like thin atmosphere and exhaustion, like fuck.
0: I have told this story many times, but uh, uh, John Pearson, who repped, uh, was the producer's rep on Clerks. One of my dear friends uh he was involved with the, the blair witch kids that started kind of as a short on his show uh split screen they kind mm. of showcased the legend of the blair witch there before they finished the movie for uh you know um who put that out it wasn't lionsgate um um they don't miramax right was a New maximum oh summit i forget his company i don't think was it Lionsgate? No. What was uh, the name of that
2: Artisan and S- Artisan, Artisan in the US. Artisan. Summit Artisan. They
0: don't exist anymore. They were like, uh, they were kind of a quasi-Miramax uh, almost A24-ish of their time. Artisan made like kind of classy movies. Yes. Any event, the event, that yeah, that was fucking, that shit was, it, the story I've told before, Pearson repped that movie so he had given me a copy on VHS and I hadn't watched it. And so they went to sundance and the buzz out of sundance was huge and um jennifer Schwabach, who i was like in a brand new relationship with at that point she was like you know I, i i've i told her i was like hey man there's all this buzz about this movie called the blair witch project we have it on vhs do you want to watch it tonight and she was like yeah okay and so we started watching it and i fell asleep i was just not because of the movie i was just tired and shit um, although the movie is not like you know, fucking keep you awake, it you know, plods along in the beginning and stuff. So I fell asleep watching it. And I get w- woke woken up by the end of the movie by a hysterical Jennifer Schwab. who's like, oh my god, get up! Get up! And I was like, what's what, what, what happened? What happened? And she was like, these kids, what's going on? Like, why won't anybody help them? And I was like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, why won't anybody help them? Like, they we're, how could this fucking happen? Why won't anyone help these kids? And I'm like, this, this movie's not real. And she's like, what? And I was like, this isn't fucking real. This is make pretend. This, it just looks real. Cause this is one of the first found footage movies, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, I believe you. I was like, I called call John Pearson, man. He'll fucking tell you the same thing. I was like fucking you ask Stan Grossman. He'll tell you the same. Fucking far going shit. <laughs> and so she was like bullshit. And I was like, I called up John Pearson who was at Sunday. And I was like John, like fucking Jennifer is freaking the fuck out. She just woke me up because she thinks Blair Witch Project is real. I was like can you talk to her and he said yeah i'll talk to her And i handed her the phone i couldn't hear their conversation but all i heard was her going john why won't anyone help you and and then there's silence and he goes she goes are you sure and she goes i don't believe you and and silence and then she's like oh yeah, <laughs> she's like and the other she's going i <laughs> <laughs> It was it was fucking over twenty years ago. This happened. I, <laughs> I hear you, but I'll never fucking forget her being like, "Why wouldn't anyone help them?" <laughs> that's how fucking. That's how realistic that Blair Witch Project movie was. She fucking <laughs> the fuck out of it, man. Why wouldn't even help them? <laughs> like it broke her brain. Like we're watching a movie where these fucking kids are being imperiled but nobody will help them. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. Like, didn't you piece all this together? <clears throat> um, all right, what's our last one?
2: You last one. Uh,
1: <laughs> you told me
0: that it was real. I did. I, in the beginning, I was like, this You're
1: lying!
0: I was like, this is a real documentary. Let's watch it. Good night. And I fell asleep
3: watching
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <you're
0: laughs> <help> them, <laughs> John? um okay what is it
2: uh shifting gears completely ear mixing uh if you could make any character from comics speaker of the house who do you pick
0: (laughs) i mean captain america or superman are my top two choices um because, you know, if it, if they keep telling us in the news, this job is makes you fucking second in line to the presidency or third in line to the presidency. So I would want somebody third in line to the presidency that, you know, historically we could trust. <laughs> <laughs> A fair, s- scrupulous, m- moral character. Mm-hmm. so you got uh one of those cats although i'm tempted to make batman the house speaker you'll never see him nah. <laughs> he's like, yeah where is he? Come, come out of nowhere and shit it would hit hard yes the congressman's from gotham uh does he ever anything <laughs> to say not today um <laughs> hands down I, I i i say superman although superman used to be about truth justice in the american way and now he's like truth justice and Get out of my way. No, they changed. What is what it's not the American way now. It's just truth, justice. And the And uh, and let's say justice again. <laughs>
1: because justice. justice
0: and even more justice. <laughs> my left hand is truth, my right hand is justice. Um what about you? Um,
1: you know, like there's there's the ideological way to go, which I feel like the the Steve Rogers version is pretty strong, um, but I I I'm feeling either like Robocop or or Doctor Manhattan.
0: You are in violation of <laughs> <laughs> vote now, where there will be trouble. Doctor Manhattan, oh, that'd be badass. You know, like somebody said, can't... "Leave me alone." <laughs> They all go away. <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay. Teleports fucking both houses. Someplace. Like, where's uh,
1: he now? He's on Mars, but he's also here, <laughs> and he's also voting, but he's also
0: redefined democracy. Um, like, uh hey man, we can't uh, finance the government if the fucking government's not here. Where'd he send him? Like he sent him to Mars to a crystal palace so they can sort out this. this. This shit, he hit him with the fucking real gavel. Thud. <laughs> now, but I like
1: Robocop. I think Alex, Alex Murphy, um, he's seen some shit about some shit. Um, knows some, knows what to buy for a dollar and what not to buy for a dollar. Um, you know, understands the way the legal system works because it's been written into his programming. Um, As long as he's not a pawn of, of OCP of Omni Consumer Products, I feel like he's a uh, He's an upstanding American, and he'll get it done. From De- uh, that De- fucking Aretha Franklin from the Blues Brothers. You better
0: think about
1: what you're trying to do to me.
0: You better think. Like It would also fucking, make all those proceedings musical. I mean, I mean it they, gets, always, they could always break out in a song.
1: It'll be like Cop Rock, but for the House of Representatives
0: so weird you say that because that's the first <laughs> thing that went through my head too and I was trying I was building a cop rock joke and then I was abandoning it because I was just like you know fucking that would be dope man If fucking like c-span would be we'd become like MTV <laughs> <laughs> so hearing she burst out in a song and shit how's music all day long how's your representative yeah, that. music?
1: <laughs> it was always you better think yes all right, what what are we trying to do to you? You trying to pass this law that nobody wants passed. You trying to put this motion into motion. Too much I mean, motion, this yeah,
0: You don't use jaws. Yeah, <laughs> think. do to me? Uh mm-hmm. what about you, Banf man?
2: Uh everything that's happening in Congress reminds me of kind of like a sarcastic reality show. I think Deadpool would be a great ringleader for a bunch of clowns Mm. i mean it'd be must see tv (laughs) whichever side you're on
0: scott levy said the punisher that is definitely a choice hazy wave said don't you blaspheme in here
1: (laughs) two whole fried chickens
0: He wants four fried chickens and a coke. The one wants dry white toast. (laughs) (laughs) And the other wants four fried chickens and a coke. Jake! Shit, that's the Blues brothers. Matt Guitar Murphy. Yeah. (laughs) Come here, like a couple of Hasidic diamond merchants. Murph and the magic tone? (laughs) Disdain <laughs> in his voice. Nerf. <laughs> uh, what about you, Banff man? Who did you pick? You Dead pick Deadpool. 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 Oh, Deadpool. Deadpool. That's right. We did them all. Who sounded <laughs> Bob for speaker? Evan Fowler said in chat, "You bring me my cheese, whiz boy." <laughs> <laughs> that was somebody who worked on the show, like casting director or costumes or something like that. That the guy who says that in the Blues Brothers is actually one <laughs> of the crew. Um the show band danced danced J2K2 said Joliet Jake and Elwood Blues. Won't you welcome from Calumet City, Illinois. <laughs> The show band of Joliet, Jake, and Elwood Blues, the Blues Brothers. Fucking, they put Cab Calloway in a movie. Yeah. Cab
1: Cab Calloway. only did they put him in the movie, they gave him a full-ass fucking
0: song. Yes, (laughs) and he had a a huge part, a meaningful fucking part. And this is a guy who, like, was the king of the Cotton Club at one point. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So much so that, yeah, like when they jump into that fucking dance, you know, Minnie the Moocher number, that's that's what his life looked like when he was younger at the Cotton Club. Yeah, the
1: bandstand and the fucking three-piece
0: tux and the top hat and all of the fucking band is in tuxes and everything. Could you imagine, like, you're Cab Calloway and you're like, well, you know, I had my moment and fucking... You know, Cotton Club's gone, and everything's different now. And you're in the '80s and shit. And fucking like two of the hottest comedians on the planet come to you, and they're like, "We want you to do that thing that you used to do. We want mm-hmm. you to do Mini the Moocher, like in this fucking giant fuck off movie. And we're going to make it look like it did back when you were at the Cotton Club. Like, yeah, like Are
1: you updating it at all? No. We want you to do Mini the Moocher." the same way you would have done it in Mm. 1938
0: okay Okay. kind of beautiful like when you think about you know they fought them really hard they uh dan ackroyd and and john landis and of course john belushi wanted to bring in all these soul and blues legends and and whatnot and um music legends Mm. and uh, the studio of course was like like they wanted them to bring in the band that did car wash Mm. Which inarguably is a great fucking slamming yeah. too. Don't get me wrong. Car wash, but these Ooh, cats whoa, whoa, whoa. working were, at the car, car wash. Yeah. They had their own whole ass movie and whatnot. But uh you know, these cats, Belushi and and particularly uh, uh Dan Aykroyd and and I guess to a lesser degree John Landis, they wanted like classic legends and they fought for them and, and they got them. And like, you know, because the studio is like, Come on, man, Aretha Franklin ray charles fucking cab calloway these people haven't had fucking you know hits and whenever and then aretha franklin went on to like hit the charts again remember oh yeah who's and who and shit like that
1: i mean and i'm sure it helped that that was a relatively cheap movie despite destroying every car that
0: existed in detroit at the time yes. um you and know, they actually like- dropped a car not in detroit but in uh well i mean they were chicago they went to nearby. I, I'm, fuck, where did they drop that car? I want to say it was in Chicago. Um, I read about it online, but they dropped a car, like in a <laughs> dropped it for the Nazi car that takes. The mm-hmm. car. Uh, Michelle D in chat says Cab Calloway actually didn't want to do Mini the Moocher because he was pushing a disco version of the song at the same time. So here we were going like, oh, well, Cab Calloway must have been so excited. He was like, you are fucking my disco shit up.
1: <laughs> I got these platform shoes. I got the fucking disco ball.
0: Rose Royce. That's who sang Car Wash. Mm. Um, John Lee Hooker is just out on the street. Doesn't even talk. Yeah. Just a little boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. boom, boom, boom. Hey, hey, Car Wash equals Rose Royce, the entire soundtrack, the first of the soundtrack album. Oh, oh, how. Oh, oh. rest in peace. Jordan peterson's says, Rest in peace to our princess Carrie Fisher. That's right, she was in there as well. well. Frank Oz, as well, Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Frank Oz, uh, T Train said, Frank Oz is the government guy out to lunch. No, Frank Oz was the guy. You know who's like one con, one prophylactic. Yeah. You, when he's, he's checking out Jake in the he's beginning. the evidence
1: guy, mustering them out of prison. And yeah. Spielberg is the guy who's out to lunch.
0: That they gotta pay Cook County Assessor's office, right? Oh. Come on. Baby, Baby don't, don't you want to go Stanley said did Kevin get an award in Jersey? I did. I got from the monoth arts folks. I got uh monoth arts after dark folks. Uh I got is it a sexy award? I did. It's, where is it? It's over there, but it's really nice piece of glass. Um after, I the after dark i'm getting another award on thursday from the good folks the friends of firefighters which is an event the gala event fundraiser event i'll be hosting on the thursday hey! amp man put it up it's right there oh, um you be- help out who don't fucking love firemen uh you want to help out some firemen kids go bid you b- bid on uh win uh a birth if you will on the good ship Jay and Silent Bob, when we go cruise askew in February. Me and Mark will be on it, doing five oh. we'll and beyond. That's like four months from now. Yeah, it's coming close, man. It's coming like Christmas and shit. Well, after Christmas. Um, that's right, kids, four months from now, you can spend three days on a boat with me, and Mark, and Jason Muse, Brian O'Holland, Jeff Anderson, Jason Lee, Ethan Sibley, Jennifer Schwalbach, Ralph Garman andy McCalfish, the list goes on and on cruises jane sound bob's cruises q jane sound bob Q.com for more details see me and mark do fat man at sea in international waters Ooh, the fat man we're gonna get out there and we're gonna have knife fights and shit oh wait I- Fat man Now, look at that Ooh, look at those cats mm. Ooh, who are those clowns mm-hmm. Mm-hmm i don't know what's going on there i know jc put an ad up that's what it looks like look at that look at look at all the fun activities we've got going on join us on the high seas kev the kids kev yeah i was reading james b smith said kev has owning a movie theater giving you a wider perspective on film and storytelling Nah, not so much on film and storytelling because i spent a good portion of my life inside movie theaters long before i bought one it does as an exhibitor make me very conscious of the running time of movies. I used to never care. I used to, as a filmmaker, I'm like, Hey man, make a movie as long as you want, fucking or as short as you want. But you know, it's usually long movies that people complain about. Um, so I was never one of those cats. I'm like, Hey man, it's your testimony, do whatever you want. But now as a guy who, uh, as a film exhibitor, somebody who's like making money off of movies that play in his theater, we're not really, Theater, the movies draw people in, and then selling popcorn to those, to those folks—that's where the real money is and stuff. Now, I now I'm like hypersensitive to running times of movies because if you give me a three-hour movie, fuck, man, that's one less showtime we got to earn back that money and stuff. Um, keep them short—that's what I say. Here. Welcome to Killers of the Flower
1: Moon. <laughs> How long is that movie? Three twenty-something.
0: really all right all right. Mm-hmm. all right i can't argue with him man like scorsese uh this kitty i think he's got a future in film he seems to know what to do with a camera <laughs> i think he's going to be around for a long time so i'll give it a shot almost um, four hours wow
1: Jose Munster asked, What movies did I buy from Criterion? Well, I'll tell you, Jose. I got the OG Night of the Living Dead. I got Wally, uh, Malcolm X, The Princess Bride, Devil in a Blue Dress, Police Story One, Police Story Two, it's a box set, Silence of the Lambs, and Godzilla 1954.
0: That's what you bought? Yeah. I went for it um stoic nick said it's called cinema lol what just because it's long <laughs> cinema cinema cinema's long Taylor, 24 nine twelve said wasn't taylor's movie almost three hours was that uh, concert movie very long i don't know i don't
1: know the running time of it i mean the thing of it is if an audience likes it it almost doesn't matter how long it is and clearly a hundred million dollars in a weekend it didn't hurt
0: nobody Wild Samurai put in Chat Killers of the Tiny Bladder. <laughs> it's a good joke. <laughs> Wildly unrated, yeah, Jigmeier. All that. A lot of people talking itself. about the live-action gargoyles that apparently there's somebody online. Let's slip. Yeah,
1: no. Disney Plus is making a live-action gargoyles movie, uh, TV show, which. I'm glad for them. I uh, I don't have any co oh, love or hate, which is not my jam.
0: Yeah, it was kind of after us a little bit. It's after Batman the Animated Series, if I remember correctly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Super Sean O sixty four uh in chat said, the Marvel's only an hour and 45 minutes. I've uh, seen a lot of stories. I mean, for whatever this is worth, take it with a grain of salt that uh, says that uh, their box office ain't going to be it's not tracking huge. Uh, the Taylor Swift sure. movie is two hours and forty-eight minutes, according to Mike W. Wow. it's a concert. Yeah, if you're a fucking fan, that's that's a lot of entertainment. Um. Well, do so we got anything else? Mm, I'm, uh, the, the the tank is empty. Tank's the cupboard empty. is bare. Now people are just repeating stories that we've already done. Like, Best <laughs> Buy is going to stop carrying DVDs like we know. Gargoyles with Keith David. Yes. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. Why It Butts said, Killers of the Flower Moon made in Oklahoma. They have great film tax rebates. Good to know. Good to know, man. Guys, did you watch the boys Gen V yet? I have not. Is that no, live action, a cartoon? Live action. It's the it's the college set. You gotta try that out. Um the uh let's see. Napoleon movie says Virginia Native. Hey yes, they've made one. <laughs> Release Scott.
1: Joaquin Phoenix, not even trying to do a French accent.
0: Rob, yeah, he's taking the fucking uh, Kevin Costner and Robin Hood approach, eh? Yep, it's like you know
1: what, I can't do it. It's gonna sound weird if I try. It's the it's the the Clooney Clooney's Boston in a Perfect Storm is non-existent,
0: right? Robert Mills said Keith David is Hordak. You're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. Masters of the Universe revolution coming at the top of. 2024. I think there's a trailer coming in November. Geeked Week. That's right. Um, here, Mixon said, When is your movie coming out? My movie? Oh, we just finished it. Just finished shooting. Find out. As soon as I know, I'll tell you. Believe me, I'll be all over that. Uh, well, there it is, kids. You did a lot of. A lot of chit-chatting. Uh, Virginia native said Invincible new trailer also. Ooh, for season two? Mm-hmm. Loved Invincible. I look forward to watching season two. Are they dropping all the episodes at once? I don't know. I Matt, don't know. Nothing about Toxie. Um, have they... Apparently it's screened at Fantastic Fest to rapturous res- res- reviews, response. People liked it? They yeah, seem to have, Yeah um that's uh um peter dinklage right
1: mm-hmm
0: uh seattle chaos says the rocketeer is also coming to disney plus what um it's it's a
1: thing that's been in the works for a while um yellow um girl rock been uh yeah where he she plays finds, like
0: she finds the rocket pack
1: yeah i think he plays like a former tuskegee airman and she finds the rocket pack and they hired a new writer for it but yeah it's it's not a new thing there was just a, a little bit of momentum shift on it but i'm here for
0: it i love the rocketeer um scott pilgrim tv series cartoon looks great the trailer looks amazing trailer looks good
1: yeah and they got the whole cast back
0: all the voices right it's like all the voices yeah
1: you know and i think they i remember listening to a quote from uh, from like Edgar Wright and 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 uh Brian o'malley and and Ben David Grubinsky, who's they're all producing it together. So if one member of that cast said no, it would have kind of scuttled it because we just didn't want to recast anybody, but everybody was down and came
0: and, and came to play. In chat, Evan Fowler says no two halves for Invincible Season Two, one next month, one next year, four ups each. All right. Uh, Charles Palma asks, what's your favorite film you've screened at Smod Castle?" Great question. You mean like one of mine or just anything? Hmm. And, you know, maybe the Jersey girl, the uncut Jersey girl. Yeah. I hadn't seen that in fucking ages and stuff. Raquel came out for it. That was a good time. Uh all right, kids. We've got uh all I hear uh Laura D says all I hear about in my house for my teenager is Five Nights at Freddy's. Going to the Alamo Draft House for the first time to see it. That's a video game, right? And they turned into a movie.
1: Um yeah, I think. I think I don't I don't I don't know the I just remember that my my son was all about Five Nights at Freddy's, and I'm not sure if you encountered it as a game or as like a short or as some kind of viral online thing um youtube whatever um i don't really know it skipped me it it went all the way past me
3: hmm
0: um (laughs) james b smith says as a big fan of chasing amy will the documentary be a good affirming watch yeah, Chasing, Chasing Amy, which opened the Castle second annual Castle Film Festival, um, was uh, really, really great. Sav did a job at that documentary. Um, uh, Get Schwifty said, your favorite, Kevin, is the mo- one that makes the theater money. Yeah, I love any movie that, <laughs> that fucking sells out and stuff like that. Uh, speaking of which, Zach and Mary make a porno, 15th anniversary screening coming up but before that me and the russo brothers november 3rd get your tickets now kids go to com. it's only about three more events for Castle for the end of the year there's the russo brothers there's zach mary make a porno there's smauction josh mundhall just pointed out that moonlighting is on hulu now you were talking about before we went right
1: i was yeah i watched the pilot and i was and i haven't seen it in 30 some odd years because i watched it first run um maybe i saw reruns of the season the summer that it had aired but like it had never really i think it had gotten a home video release that i didn't buy because whatever and i was astonished to discover that i remembered every scene in that pilot and that's a long it's a 90-minute pilot and i'm like i remember this bit i remember this bit oh he's gonna say this now i remember like it this weird sense memory of moonlighting. It's like, oh yeah, no, this is the finale when they have to climb the ladder to get up to the to the clock face at the the Eastern Standard Building, and she's going to hang on, and then they put a ladder, but the ladder tips, and the, like all of it just kind of came flooding back, scene by scene by scene. Um, it's a it's a well constructed pilot. um David Addison is. And the pilot, like that character is not very well modulated. So he's a Yeah,
0: he's fun. he's not quite the David Addison we come to know and love.
1: Yeah, like he's he's kind of an asshole and kind of a little toxic, um, too much, it feels like, and even and Sybil Shepherd is not also understanding the sort of comedy of it. And so like it's it's a weird, it's proto-moonlighting. It's not moonlighting yet. But like you see, why they greenlit it through a series, you see, you see the bones of what it was going to be. But it, uh, it it would take a little bit to get there.
0: It's a fascinating watch. Moonlighting kids now available on Hulu. Took a while to get there. They had to change some of the songs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, music rights I think was a big
1: deal. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a lot of the reasons why some of your favorite shows aren't on the air because the music, the music deals they could cut um in the 80s and 90s are far different from the music deals that you have to clear today and so um it took a while and yet to your point i think they did have to swap out a couple songs
0: to to get it through hey kids here's something i never fucking say why don't you go ahead and smash that like button Ooh, smash it why don't you go smash that subscribe button kids Smash, smash the like, smash the subscribe, do whatever. The,
1: whatever I think we're going to smash the tonight.
0: Yeah, man. Smash, right now it's at 293, I like this. Come on. Smash that like button, kids. Smash it. Smash
1: it. Smash it. Smash, it. smash that like button. We're doing it. We're doing it. I don't know we're smashing it.
0: tonight. But I don't know what that gets us, if anything. Um, there it is, kids. Did you have a good time? Did you learn a thing or two? Well, well, that's because why is Kev doing a bedtime voice? LOL. Am I? What's my bedtime? Did name? you get all sexy? Hey, Julianne, Ab- Julianne Abbey says, I've been subscribed for 10 damn years. That's right, Julianne. You and me. We're gonna get that. This- bros. Yeah smash bros um there it is kids uh did you have a good time well <laughs> if you liked uh this and there'll be more of this where this came from uh virginia native says freaking 2 a.m i'm bed i'm bedtime typing yeah it's 1 30 here in in the east coast And
3: okay.
0: you're a ninja- soldier ninja schwa says uh kevin smith after dark that's right Mike Ono said, how is Kevin liking living in the valley? Nice. I like that. I've always been a big valley kid. I love the valley, man. Ever since I saw Bad News Bears, I was like, I want to be in this valley.
1: You will uh, will have been glad to miss this week because it's like 95 degrees this week. For reasons that, you know, it's the end of the
0: world. So sure, why not October? Um, It is... uh... Yeah, it's been, it was a beautiful, like, six thir- uh, 65 to 70 degrees here for the last few days. Real nice. Nice. Now we're just talking weather. Time to get the fuck out of here, man. Yep. <laughs> How's the weather by you? <laughs> six Missouri in the morning? Old men discussing the weather. <laughs> did you have a good time? If you did, because Banff Man brought us right into your fucking homes. Give it up for Banff Man. There he is, waving at you and shit. Ooh. Don't forget uh, uh, this week uh, I'm going to be in Brooklyn for the Friends of Firefighter event a gala uh, at uh, on Thursday um, and then uh, I'll be back out here on the East Coast for the Russo Brothers on the 3rd and Zach and Mary on the 11th and, the and December 2nd me and Mark are going to figure out when we're coming back mm-hmm. bringing it back Bringing it back, maybe we'll bring a movie back too. Yeah, Ooh, let's do that. I know. When do you? Uh, when when, do you, when can you start like just selling tickets for Splinter and shit? Can you do that? Are you allowed to do that or know I can. You know, I think we're probably uh,
1: at the end of the festival run. Um, so I mean, fuck. Like distribution for shorts is a weird thing because hardly anybody does it because there's very little money in it. But
0: oh, I know a guy with a movie there.
1: You know what to do with the movie theater. $400 a ticket. Let's make some money. Yeah, <laughs> It's a dollar a minute. Um, yeah, $15 admissions. A dollar a minute. Everybody wins. Um, but yeah, man, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Definitely want to come back East. There's a Broadway show I have to go see. I got to hit the Great White Way. Gutenberg the Musical.
0: Oh, yeah. friend of mine, here. Yeah was asking me if I wanted to invest in it, but he hit me at a time where I was financially strapped. Um, but they've also asked me to come play for a day on that show. Ooh, you should go the day that I'm going. I'll find out. I'll find out
1: when it is. Yeah, because uh, one of my very best friends wrote that play. You should Scott be? Scott Brown. Yeah. Really? Scott Brown was my assistant at Entertainment Weekly. Um. Uh, he was an awful assistant, but a very good writer. No. Um, then went on to be the theater critic for the for Vulture, I think, for, the, for New York Magazine. Then worked on a show called Manhattan. Then worked on a show called Castle Rock. He's the guy who led me to join the staff at Castle Rock. He made the introduction for me. He wrote the book for Beetlejuice. Bless you. Thank you. Did he really? He did. And Gutenberg is a show that he wrote when he was working for me at, at EW, like it's been 15 years. Like I saw it off, 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 off Broadway with him uh, and his buddy, Anthony King in the starring roles. And they resurrected it 20 years later with Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds. And so I kind of, I, I, I feel a moral and comedic obligation to go see this play. Nice. And so uh, it's gonna definitely be that week that I'm back uh, to do Fat Man. So
0: fuck yeah um that's pretty dope right there man yeah um hey kids uh if you're if you like the intelligent part of the show uh that's because mr intelligence himself over there he keeps it smart i keep it nice and fucking dumb he keeps keep it smarty. um give it up for the great mark bernardin thank you Doubt Berisha in chat says, Any interest in Back to the Future, the musical? And then right above him, Cursed Cap Film says, Did Kev see the Jaws Broadway play The Shark is Broken? So, two plays on Broadway right now based on Steven Spielberg movies. Steven Spielberg is the king of the great white way. Very much. I'm getting paid. House of Rio said, thank you again for making my patrol a lot easier tonight. Well, thank you for hanging out with us there, House of Rio. Indeed. Keep an eye on crying. Thanks to all of you folks for hanging out with us as we pop the culture right in the fucking mm-hmm. mouth. Um, there it is, kids. Somebody said, a me, go away says, why no sponsors? Nobody likes us. Yeah. No try to get
1: sassies.
0: Yeah. You know who the sponsor is tonight, Smodcastle Cinemas. Yep. going to joy. Right below me, man. I may be upstairs at the 80s improv in front of this brick wall, but right below me is Smodcastle Cinemas kids. Come see the Taylor Swift movie, come see Dumb Money, come see we're playing Beetlejuice this week. Um come on down, come Smodcastle Cinemas kids. Uh, sponsor of this year' episode of whatever we call this fucker.
1: It's almost 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what's going this on? This is a late, 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 late show. Are we Kevin still on? talking? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go home. Uh There it is, kids. We'll be back uh, again before uh, the end of the month, that's for damn sure. Because we Absolutely. do have an ad. And maybe we'll do it live. Yeah, we'll probably do it. Uh, maybe we'll do it in uh, the Scum and Villainy Cantina. So you can Woo-hoo. sit there, stand there and look at us or sit there and look at us, throw tissue at us, hit us real hard. That's mm-hmm. how drink your hard. drink your blue drink. Just have and a good that, fucking time. that blue milk, tie one on with blue milk. Mm-hmm. Start being honest and shit. Uh, there it is, my friends. There it is. What else? What else can I tell you? I can show you this. It's a fucking gorgeous book. Ooh. Yeah, it, heavy. Yeah, it's bigger in my head. They put uh, Guardian Devil into this oversized book, that gorgeous Casada and Palmiati artwork in oversized pages. That's available right really? now. Get signed at Jane Soundbob Secret Stash. Become a reservist at Jane Sound Bob's Secret Stash. Go to Bob for more information. Kids! We're gonna get the fuck out of here it's 1 30 in the morning on the east coast
3: <laughs>
0: indeed got to move my car before i get a ticket can't park on first avenue past 2 a.m right. yeah um there it is my friends go be kind to other people in this world go say something nice to somebody mm-hmm. as soon as we're done, good. close your laptop go say something nice to somebody who deserves it maybe say something nice to somebody who don't deserve it maybe that'll flip them around you know when i go out to eat i used to work in restaurants when i was a kid and so i always like to tip well because as a bus boy i earned 15 percent of the waiter or waitress's tips and shit like that so i've always been like a pretty good tipper um my brother who's been in restaurants his whole life um gets irritated whenever i tip poor servers like, he's like, I'm a fucking waiter for 11 and I can't stand. Fucking, like, I, why would you tip? Because I, I tip 50%. He's like, why would you fucking tip 50%? Like, that service sucked. I was like, because when I leave and that person like sees that tip, you know, maybe maybe they'll change their fucking ways or something like that. I don't know. So you never know, man. Just go say something nice to somebody. Watch the trickle down. You know, some people some people need to hear something nice. You maybe you're one of them. Maybe maybe you need to hear something nice. Here, I'll tell you something fucking nice kids. You are smart and good. Very clever. Go give somebody a head. Yeah. Wait, what? (laughs) Did you say go give somebody a head? I don't think that's what I was was getting at, Mark, but yes in short <laughs> <laughs> um, alright there it is my friends uh, uh, for Fat Man Beyond I'm Kevin Smith I'm Mark Bernardi. tune in next time same fat time same fat channel smogcast.com or youtube.com slash Kevin Smith uh, Jeff's kiss everybody Mwah.
1: live long and prosper
0: This has been a Smodco Internet production. Sip only at smodcast.com.